0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Talk shoes.
2: Recorded live. Shalom, phone on the record.
3: Uh, this is Brother Shendrick, the Israel tribe of Judah. And welcome to Thursday night's fellowship time. The time now is 7 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern time, uh, 6 o'clock p.m. Central. And um, uh, announcement for those who may have not been in any classes this week or who probably uh, missed out on any uh, announcements in the classroom, we will be going on break uh, for the next three weeks. We are in our eighth week. Um, so this is a time where we're going on a break from the nation. Uh, uh, take this time off, uh, study if you have to, but just kind of take some time for yourself to kind of, you know, collect your thoughts and all of these other different things and so on and so forth. Um, I guess i open up the floor for any topics and discussions. Just station A4 on the record.
2: So oh, by the way, who who's all on right now? Well, I'm going on the record, Eric Trevor, Judah. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Okay. Uh, Eric, I got a question for you. You remember
3: that movie called Pet Cemetery? Uh yeah, I remember. It. Came out like the late '80s, early yeah, 90s, you know, like the uh, late '80s, early '90s. All right, yeah. uh, what do you remember about it as much as you can? I just know that there was a graveyard behind the house uh, when they was buried. I uh, don't, you know, it's been a while since I've seen, it, but I know it's supposed to have been a horror. Uh, with the black cat, some got—I think—a dog. A cat got hit by a truck and took the cat and buried him, but he kept coming alive or something,
1: something like that.
3: Well, you're right. That's 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 basically part of it. Um, the family by the name of Creed they move into this house, and right behind the house just so happens to be a graveyard for pets, and. Mm. Right beyond that graveyard was an Indian burial ground. Right behind that, and they believed, or it was a, it was a belief that if you bury the dead back there, then they would come back to life. So that guy by the name of Lewis Creed, he was a, uh, he was a doctor. If anybody doesn't know that the name Lew- do you, are you do you know are you familiar with the uh, the origin of the name Lewis, brother? No, sir. For for those who don't know, I looked this up a while back. That's the English. I think that's the uh, Latin or Englishized version of the word David. Hmm. Yes. So didn't know that. Yes, it's, it means David. So, so you had this man by the name of Lewis David, and he had a wife. I forgot what his wife's name was. It's just Rachel. Her name was Rachel, and he had a daughter named Ellie, and he had a son named Gage. G a g e. If anybody knows that the name Gage it means pledge, <laughs> his name means pledge, and the last name Creed, Creed would be kind of like a degree, a decree, um, uh, oath, or uh, something of that nature. They had a cat named Church, <laughs> and uh uh. They had a next-door neighbor. I can't remember his name. Oh, Judd. Yeah, they had a... Uh, mm. His name was Judd. And he basically... In, he pretty much informed Lewis that there was a... That the graveyard was in the back of the house. So what was that happening was God, the Dr. Lewis, he is going to work because he had just moved into town. He goes into work one day, his first day, and there was a guy who got hit uh, by a truck. His name was Pascal. So I look at the name, I look up the name Pascal. Now, I'm looking all of this up last night. The name Pascal, it is the Russian version of the word uh, Pashok.
2: Does anyone know what the name Pashok comes from? I know shock, y'all know this for sure. No sir.
1: Yes.
2: What is it, brother? Do you know?
3: No sir. It means Passover.
1: Passover.
3: Yes. Hmm. So the guy named Pascal, His name is his Russian name was uh, his name was Victor Pascal. But. uh he got. He died in a, a, a accident where a truck had hit him, and he basically was sent to. Well, he wasn't. I don't know if he was sent to warn Lewis, but he was warning Lewis to not do it. But this is before Lewis even knew what it was he was about to do. So, what's uh, happening was Lewis' cat died. <clears throat> Lewis decides that he's not going to bury him in the Pet cemetery, Judd decides that they're going to bury him in the Indian burial ground. And he tells Judd, he tells, Judd tells Lewis, we're going to bury him in the Indian burial ground because we don't, because your daughter's not a, your daughter shouldn't be exposed to death so early. She doesn't understand it. Little girl, you know, now that I'm older and I actually watched the movie, Little girl was actually pretty smart for her age. They thought the the cat. Of course, the cat died crossing the road. Judge told the cat. I mean, Judd told Lewis to no. Lewis was going to get the cat neutered, keep him from draw, uh, uh, chasing uh, squirrels across the road or something like that. Uh, he wouldn't have to wander from the house if he was neutered. So that didn't work. So they buried him in the. Uh, uh, Indian burial ground and of course the cat came back to life so then what was happening was uh, Louis, uh they were having like a picnic or something like that and um, Gage ends up running out in the road, Lewis turns his back on the little boy and the little boy runs out in the road and he gets hit by a truck and he dies I mean, y'all pretty much know the rest of the story. The little boy got buried in a bur- burial ground, but the interesting thing about this whole thing was that Pascal told Lewis that, a, that the soil is sto- that uh, the soil of a man's heart is stonier, basically meaning we're hard-headed creatures, okay? And he was telling him that the soil was sour. Basically, we don't bury anything there because that soil is sour. And there were certain things in the elements in the movie, movie where, uh, like, okay, for instance, Ellie, that church was Ellie's cat, right? And at the funeral of um, their, uh, I guess she was like their maid or something like that, the lady hung herself because she had like stage four cancer. And she, she couldn't stand the pain, so she killed herself. And they were at the funeral. And um, Judd asked Lewis if he told Ellie about the cat yet. And he said, well, it's her cat. And Judd says, no, it's not Ellie's cat anymore. It's your cat. Says that, And the reason why he says it is because at the end of the movie, Judge was basically, you know, sharing the word of wisdom with him. But this is just like his uh, I guess you can say kind of like a I, I don't know exactly what they call it, where like after the dead after the dead they speak in like some type of like uh it's like their thoughts are being heard, but they're not they're not alive, they're just dead. Well he was telling Lewis that what did he say? He says to that which which the thing belongs, it comes home to it, so basically, once the basically what he was saying is, if you create it, it'll come home to you. so every time that Lewis would put something in the ground, it then became his. You guys watch the movie, the movies. It had a lot of lessons in it because it basically taught you about like what comes around goes around. So a man reapeth so he sow. No, they basically uh so a man uh soweth that which he reapeth. And um basically what you, you get is what what you give is what you get. So every time he put something in the ground, it came up foul or uh dirty or evil. But every time it came up, what you know they come out of the ground evil, all they did was kill. That's all they were knowing that's all they were doing was killing uh, gage killed his mom, his mom killed Lewis, Gage also killed Judd. and the interesting thing about it was it was almost kind of like they went after the person that made them that way, so to speak. So it was almost kind of like karma coming back to Lewis for disobeying the laws of nature because Pascal, which represented, which we called in the Hebrew language, the Passover, or or another name would be crossover, so to speak. It basically would be like, um, he basically defiled uh, the laws of nature by trying to act as God, so to speak. You think you could put something in the, you thought you could bring these people back to life, and the life that you gave them was not life, but you gave them death. Because everything that they did was destroyed. That's all they did when they came back was destroyed. But, it's like, if you guys watch that movie, like, now, once you're in the nation, you'll see it. it. It's they had all kinds of signs in there, like, uh, who was the guy? Uh, Stephen King. I don't know if Stephen King is Jewish or not, but you had a lot of like Jewish innuendos in the movie. Like, of course, you had the whole Pascal, and you had named David and Rachel engaged. Ellie, uh, I guess, which is short for Elias.
1: Should um, not I not say it.
3: Sorry, sir. I didn't hear. Who's who? somebody had something to say? No, excuse me for interrupting. I can't you. Oh, no problem, brother. Um, I was basically um, I was just sharing my thoughts about this old movie I uh that I grew up watching called Pet Cemetery. You ever seen that movie, Pet Cemetery? No, I haven't. No, I haven't, brother. You've never ever, heard of
1: heard Pet Cemetery?
2: No, I haven't. No, I haven't.
3: Get out of here, y'all. Well, I forgot you are in uh, Canada. Yo, you gotta watch that movie. It's a movie. Is it, is a, is, is it new or like no? no you, you watched like, no. no, it up. No, came out of like the 1980s. It's called Pet Cemetery. Oh, 1980s, nah. Yeah, bro. it came out of like in the late 1980s, uh, like maybe 1986, 1987, 88, or something like that. It's really good. It's a lot of life lessons in it. But I was just sharing my thoughts on it because, like, there was so many things. Like, when I watched it as a kid, it was a horror movie, okay? Creepy horror movie. But, like, I watched it last night for the first time in years. And I watched it, and I was just like, yo, I can't believe I'm actually seeing this stuff. And they had a truck. Uh, There was a... There is a company in the truck called Ureiko uh, U- 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 or something like that. This particular truck from that company uh, had the number six 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 on it, and I think the company was owned like they it was it was like owned by some corporation called Lions or something like that. I can't remember exactly. So there, there was a lot of uh, Jewish innuendo or Hebrew innuendo in the movie. Uh, like I said, I don't know if Stephen King is Jewish. I'm pretty sure he is because a lot of them are Jewish. Uh, Wes Craven, uh, it, all the uh, so-called masters of college. I, I think a lot of them are Jewish. But you guys have watched that movie, man. It's, it's deeper. Not I Watch it's, See all kinds of stuff. But anyway, um. I'll open up the floor now for any other topics that anybody have anything they want to uh add about if they've ever seen that movie um you
2: sure, i'm Andrew?
1: yes sir bro.
3: yeah um you know i i i was watching uh a, a movie called I think it's called Allied, or Ali,
2: I think it's A-L-L-I-E-D, okay, I, have you ever heard, watched it?
3: No, I've never heard, heard of it, heard of... no, yeah. I've never heard of
2: it, uh, has anybody on the line heard of that movie?
1: Yeah, man, that movie's a real movie.
3: What is it about? It's about, um, a a secret agent.
1: Okay. What's his name?
3: Brad Pitt. He plays the secret agent, and he's an agent for, uh, the agent for, like, the, who is it? Britain, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think it's based on a true story, I could be wrong. But he's an agent from Britain during the time of Hitler, during like that war. World War Two times. And then him he goes in like uh I think it was like Paris or something like that. I
1: can't remember where.
3: Morocco. That's where they go. He goes to Morocco. Hmm. And he's supposed to meet up with another agent, but she's supposed to pretend to be his wife. And he's supposed to pretend to be her husband. So she goes there ahead of time, and she makes all these friends and gets herself acquainted with them. You know, she's a very rich person, and he comes there, and he's like, Oh, honey, I only had a day six days off of work. And then uh, he pretends to essentially just, you know, fit in. But his his their 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 mission is
2: to kill kill some speaker. And then when he comes back he
3: on his way coming back he says to the to the female agent he wants her to marry him. They get back to the States <clears throat> and then the agent the agency that he's that they, him and, and his wife are working for, one time they call him in alone, and they give him a mission to kill his wife because they find out that his wife is actually a She's a double. Is a double spy. She's a spy for the Germany, and the woman that they really thought that she was, she actually killed that woman and took on her identity. And he has, Please. until the end of the weekend, to kill his wife. And the agency is going to send a false message that is meant for his wife to hear so that she could go and tell the German spies them, and they will find out for sure that she is the spy once she does tell the German G- German, German people, them, the German side. So... Yeah, that's that's the movie, man, and it's it, the movie is deep. You know, uh, there's a lot of messages behind that because, essentially, I'm not even gonna lie to you, bro. For a second, you know, when you're watching a movie and you're like, "Damn, I don't even know what's real and what's not real no more," you know, it's like you just gotta watch the movie and just like, it's like Inception. It's like, yeah, it's like Inception. You know, you're watching Inception and you're like. Is, is this the dream? Is this the dream in the dream? Or is this the dream in the dream that's in the dream? Or is this reality? Right. It's like, it's like oh, man, I ain't going to guess no more. I just got to watch this thing and let it play on out. And what I see is, like, you got to really know your stuff. Like, when I say your stuff, whatever it is that you say you are, you got to really know it to the point that if your challenge you're not swayed away because you hear something that is discouraging, or maybe even disprove your thought. It's like the man of God, the, the, the said man of God. He was commanded by the Mosiah to go and speak unto Ahijah, King, uh, excuse me, King Jeroboam, and he goes and speaks. The Most tells him, Go prophesy against Jeroboam, and do not go into no man's house, and don't drink any water, and so forth and whatnot. And he does his mission. And then the, and then the old prophet comes and says, yo, I'm a prophet of the Mosai, you know. Forward. Come drink. And he's like, nah, you know. Can't do that. Mosai told me no. And the old prophet's like, you didn't hear what I said? I'm a prophet of the Mosai. I'm like you. Shalom. And he's like, he starts to go on in. And when he goes on in, the scripture says that because he was taken on because he was moved by the words that sounded like they were of the most high,
2: you know, but they were not of the most high, then the lion will come
3: and tear him apart for sport. Scripture says that the lion came and tore him apart only for sport. The lion didn't even eat him. All I did was just rip them apart. Just chilled, you know. But yeah, it's a deep movie, man. Awful movie. And this is called Allies. Yes, A-L-O-I-E-D. Okay, I'm. A, I think I might watch it tonight. Um, on one, two, three movies, I'm pretty sure you'll find it on there. Speaking of more movies. Has anybody seen the movie Get Out yet?
2: Oh, man, no.
3: <laughs> Yo, no, I came oh about that
1: today. So, I watched it, on man, you two- you it. You don't tell me. You don't tell me.
3: It's on one, two, three movies, right? So I watched it. I'm not going to say anything about it, but let me tell you something. <laughs> Jordan Peele, in his first week, made $30.5 million. Mm-hmm. first week and now they're calling him calling his movie racist and stuff like that I mean we know who calling this movie racist so I'm not even going to worry about it but the movie had me it was, a, it was the first movie that didn't have a, 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 a it didn't have like the uh, A-list actors in it and it was good. It was really, really good. It was new faces in the movie, and um, everybody was. The movie was well, well acted out, and the plot was really, really good. We had an you know, edge, like because you just wanted to know what was going to happen next. It was really, really good. I and it was funny, but it was like yo, it. It's crazy. You got y'all have mm-hmm. got to watch this movie. I, I would now this movie I, would, I gave it a nine. It got an eight on one, two, three movies, but I'm pretty sure it's got it's gonna be a higher rating. So I gave it a nine. Um but whenever you guys get a chance, go to one, two, three movies or any other uh movie streaming uh service and watch that movie. It's a it's a bootleg though. It's not bad but um 'cause sometimes it it Skip, not skips, but it jumps in the middle of the movie. But other than that, it's pretty good. I, I didn't have any, like, real major complaints. There was sometimes it was kind of fuzzy in, in, in parts of the movie. But other than that, it was it was good. It was really good. Jordan Peele did a fantastic job. Like, I think so, he, I'm sorry. Go ahead, bro.
2: So the movie has a lot of known actors?
3: No. No, huh? No, there's not no like you know how you have your um, your Brad Pitts and George Clooney's and stuff it had no celebrity A list actors in it. Everybody was kinda like fresh faced on the scene kind of people, but it was really good. It was really good. They did a really good job. And it and it actually looked like a
2: movie. Not
3: some of this, not some movies I'd seen came to the movies and just look like trash like that movie Krampus. I was mm-hmm. like, yo, ain't no way people paid money to go and see that movie. You could watch that on you could watch that on YouTube. That thing was so corny. It was so <laughs> corny. It was the corniest piece of crap I had ever seen. And then they made it then it came out what what, like last year or two thousand and fifteen or something like that. That thing was horrible. I cut it off in like the first what, like first twenty minutes. You got off. That thing was it was off my it was off my computer. That thing was horrible. (laughs) I never watched that movie. Like the plot was horrible. The acting was horrible. The characters were unbelievable. Everything about like the everything about the movie was just like it was just as bad as the, the 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 belief. You know, Krampus is supposed to like be like the the little demon version of Santa Claus. Okay, okay. well the movie was just as bad as the, the the folklore. I don't know which one was worse, but it mm. was a horrible movie. I watched it one night. I was bored, but I wasn't too bored to watch it. I can tell you that much. Hey, my computer. Um, but yeah, that was a really really good movie. Um. Uh, get out so whenever you guys get a chance watch that movie um, I got a question for you guys I'm pretty sure most of you guys know the answer to this Hey Andrew what happens to uh, iron when it sits in
2: water too long
1: it rusts
2: okay, Eric do you agree Shalom. Can you repeat that again, sir? I said, what happens
3: to iron when it sits in water too long? It rusts. Okay. Check this out. There's a video that was on Facebook. Somebody posted it on YouTube, and it shows this guy. He put some. He put like three pieces of cornflakes in a bowl of water, and he used a magnet to pull one of the one of the cornflakes across the bowl because it, it has metals in it, uh, quote-unquote iron in it. So then what he did was he took a whole, like almost a whole bag of cornflakes or whatever it was uh, or like Wheaties or um, Total cereal or whatever it is, and he blended it up in a mixer with water, and he put it in a plastic bag. Mind you, the plastic bag also had a magnet. And the reason for this is so that he could pull the metal shavings out of the cereal. All right? So he does. He pulls the metal shavings out of the cereal mixture. Now, this is supposed to be iron. This is supposed to be uh that's supposed to have a, a great source of iron in it. I right. he cuts the magnet out of the bag and he blow dries it dry so that the shavings could be dry. He puts it on a napkin and he takes another magnet, puts it under the table with the with the metal shavings on top of the paper, and he moves the metal pieces. Uh, he moves the metal pieces with the magnet. When I say my stomach, I like, I literally bought my last box of cereal. Like, y'all, please don't give your kids any more cereal. Like, they're really putting metal shavings inside of the cereal. Um, and what's so interesting is, like, and it, we got to think about this, too, because your brain is made up of carbon and copper right, which is supposed to conduct electricity. And I want to read something to to you guys. Watch this. Shalom, Ahti. Hold on for just a second. I want to read something to you guys. I want you guys' opinion on what you guys heard in relation to what I just read. Give me a second.
1: Uh, Bookmarks. And then there's no 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 no.
2: No no no. Can you get my Where is it? That's so
1: uh, Yes.
2: Um just as a recollection I have to tune on over
3: to the next line. Um so I didn't really hear at all. What you're saying is a man put box of flakes on in water and then and then and then and then I didn't hear what happened from there. He took he took a magnet and put it in, inside of the plastic uh, ziploc bag as well, and he put it in there to pull all of the metal shavings that's supposed to be iron out of the cereal
1: because
3: mm. the cereal has supposedly iron in it. But it's a metal mm-hmm. shaving, and he pulled it out with the magnet, and he dried it off, and he put it on a piece of paper, and he took a ma- another magnet and moved the metal shavings around uh on the paper,
2: which mm-hmm. came out
3: of the cereal. these are supposed to be like that total cereal y'all have y'all mm-hmm. heard of the total okay this he, he basically he moved it around in a bowl, he took a flake, and he moved it around in the bowl with a magnet at first. But then he mixed it up. He took the whole bag of uh, like total cereal, and he put it in a mixer, and he mixed it up with the water, and it was like a puree. And he poured the puree, the cereal puree, inside of a, a sandwich Ziploc bag with a magnet inside, and the magnet pulls most of all of the uh, most of the uh, metal shavings or the iron that's supposed to come out of the cereal. Onto the magnet, he takes the, he cuts the magnet outside from he cuts the magnet from the bag, dries it off, or he pours some water on to get the cereal from off of the magnet. Then he pour, he takes a blow dryer and he blows the magnet shavings uh, dry and uh, pours it onto a sheet of paper. Then he takes the magnet and moves the metal shavings around to prove that it was metal shavings they're putting metal inside of the cereal. Wow.
1: Or oh, they're putting these...
3: irons or whatever they're calling it inside of the cereal. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm trying to find this article I read last night about uh, conductors and semiconductors because this will probably explain explain why a lot of children are growing up with ADHD and stuff like that. Give me a second.
1: Well, you know, Ark, um in the meantime when
3: you look, I'm just going to comment and say something. I wouldn't be surprised that they're doing those kind of things on the purpose of mm. of um on a purpose of, on a reason why I say that is because I know like in fact like a lot of those cereals are they're they're they're, they're packaged in factories. You know, right. like, uh, and a lot of those machines, you know, are, are iron and metal and they probably don't get service as how they are supposed to get service. And mm-hmm. if it's people that operate in them they don't care about they don't even look twice to see if there's any contamination or anything in there that's not supposed to be in there. Like they don't look twice to see oh, if a dead rat fell in fell in the, the damn cereal. You know, right. like they like Right. But mm-hmm. here's the question with that, because now I understand what you're saying. That's mm-hmm. at the factory level. But mm-hmm. aren't they supposed to pass like aren't they supposed to go through like the uh the department FDA. uh uh department of agriculture and drug uh feder- mm-hmm. uh, uh federal agency FDA. of the drug yeah. and, uh, you understand what I'm saying? Like aren't they supposed mm-hmm. to go through True. that?
1: True. And
3: if the federal uh department of agriculture is bypassing this stuff it is basically bypassing the fact that there is metal shavings inside of a supposedly cereal. And mind you, who is cereal mostly targeted towards?
2: That's true. That's a good point. But you know, that's a good point. And, and let me also say this too.
3: Like, I know, for example, on a construction site. An inspector, he's supposed to come on the construction site and make sure every individual that's on site has their ticket, has their hard hat and has their steel toes. These inspectors they come on site and they just sit in their car and just check, 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 check mark. If they do walk around, they see everybody with their hard hats not on majority of them see with their heart as on now when it comes to the food I'm not in when it comes to the food I'm not in that department. I don't really know
1: but from what I can from what from what, what, what it is that I am gonna say is a lot of those inspectors they're only checking
3: upon what they usually check and that is not necessarily everything that's on their checklist the, the, I'm making that statement based on the fact of what I've seen these construction inspectors do, but I don't have no facts on that. So I can't pass that off as to be factual, you know what I'm saying? But, yeah. I'm, right. You know, I'm just thinking about it. It's like, here it is, you have cereal. You have cereal that, you know, is supposed to, quote, unquote, be good but it has metal in it. Um, one thing that I, uh, there was an article and I cannot find it. I thought I saved it. And it was talking about which metals produce a um, high uh, percentage of, uh, of uh, electricity. And they have, I think, copper, uh, copper ranging at one hundred and five percent above gold, which I think is a hundred percent, but they have iron coming in at seventeen percent. So, okay, when you I say, well, what happens? So I looked up something that says what happens when you mix iron with carbon, and over time, what it, what it said in the article is what happens is, uh, it it produces a low, um, it produces low uh, electricity, so to speak. Now, here's what I'm getting at: if you're putting iron inside of cereal, and this this stuff you're supposed to get your nutrients and all of this stuff, this iron is in your bloodstream, and this stuff goes to your brain, which is mostly carbon and copper, right? So if you put in Iron in the mix, what do you think happens? I mean, you're constantly eating cereal, 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 cereal. You're eating it from the age of a child, teenager, all the way up into adult. So over time, what do you think happens to your brain when you're constantly eating something that has iron in it, fine iron? It what comes- if whatever
2: I'm sorry, what did
3: you say, bro? My bad. I thought I thought it was the question for for we. Um, well I mean it is a question. What do you think happens when you put iron when you're eating when you put iron in food and you're constantly eating it over time? But mind you, this stuff goes gets in your bloodstream, goes to your brain, and keep in mind that your brain is made mostly of carbon and copper, But you put iron in the mix. Over time, which causes uh, low conduction of electricity, which helps you to function, right? What happens over time? What do you What do you think happens over time?
2: Well, you stop functioning to how your body's supposed to function,
3: um, and you get certain diseases, especially cancer. You get a lot of carcin- uh, you know, um, cancers, cancers, you know, carcinogenic diseases. And uh, yeah, you know you're not you're not you're not functioning how you're supposed to be functioning. You're not thinking to how your brain's supposed to be thinking. You're not operating to how you're supposed to be op. You're not computing the things and how you're supposed to compute it. Damn, no wonder we ain't no longer the kings and queens that we once used to be. Yeah. And we keep talking about being these kings and queens, but we can't even humble ourselves because even. Even the ancient kings and queens were still humble they were still humble. But we keep talking these things as as we once in the title kings and queens and we far from even being humble. That's true. Yeah. I, I, will, I wonder who was on here at that time. I I'm praying Ema uh comes online and because I'm gonna ask her if she remembers it. I was telling her about the law and order episode with his uh young, with his guy, he he shoots uh he shoots somebody. I can't remember. I think he shoots his uh doctor. And what was happening was um they wanted to cause he he had like some type of like mental disease or something like that. It caused him to have like um uh he had something called Peta. Let me look this up. I'm gonna make sure i remember exactly what it is
2: p-e-t-a yes okay
3: okay and what happens is in the show in the law and order episode the guy he basically shoots some guy and uh, they found out that he had a uh, mental uh, he had a mental disorder it caused him to become, like, irate. It wasn't, like, ADHD or anything like that. That's basically means you can't uh, keep your attention span too long and stuff. But he had, like, he would get, like, really irate if he if he felt threatened or something like that. I can't remember. But what it came from, the mental disorder came from when he was a kid. Because when he was younger, he was, like, he wasn't always like that. But it was trying to figure out well how he developed it developed it at such an early age and it stuck with him. So what happened was he had a collection of toy cars, right? When he opened the box, all the cars, the paint on the cars was stripped off of the cars. And so what happens is the the man the, the the investigator asked the parents, "Is like you you." While the paint stripped out of the cars. And so the mom says, Well, he used to eat, he used to eat, he used to try to eat the cars. He used to love sucking the paint off the cars or something like that. So what they did was they tested the cars for lead and found out that it was lead in the paint. So what ended up happening was they brought the company who produced the cars um, to court. And they asked the guy, who who basically uh, manufactured the cars, did you know that the cars uh, had lead in the paint? And he said, no, I didn't know. And so, there was, you know, they basically were the, at the hearing and basically wanted to say, okay, he didn't, the guy who manufactured the car said, no, I didn't know there was lead in the paint. But upon further investigation, they brought him back to court and found out that he was lying because the producer of the the I think okay there was a company in China that manufactured the cars. My bad, they manufactured the cars, but the company bought the cars and sold them at retail to American uh stores or American uh yeah basically American stores company sent the guy an invoice of all of the things that came with the car and told him in the letter that the car contained lead paint. So they convicted the the retailer for lying under oath, and they convicted him for being responsible for the mental condition of the young guy because had he never was eating the paint off of the car, he would have never developed the, uh, the mental condition called PETA. So uh, they made him pay for a lifetime worth of uh, rehabilitation. They put the guy, they didn't convict him of murder, the, the, the young boy who was convicted of murder, who killed, I think, his daughter, They didn't convict him of murder. Instead, they put him in a lifetime Uh, uh, with the rehabilitation, which is going to be paid by the corporation, who lied about saying that they didn't know that the cars had lead paint in them. But long story short, the reason why I'm bringing that up was because it was like the lead that was being put inside of the cars that led to the mental condition of this boy so over time, the boy developed like these anger issues. He was just like real irate. He 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 wasn't like like he like had like cerebral palsy or anything. He just was like he, like he would get so upset if he felt like he was pushed, and he was like overly emotional and to the point where he could hurt somebody. But they considered this a mental condition called Peta. But I'm. You know, with me seeing the whole cereal thing and them putting metals inside of the cereal and them targeting young children who love to eat cereal, who love to eat Pop-Tarts, who love to eat crackers and all this other different stuff, which may also contain uh, uh, metal shavings under the name of iron, uh, which may just very well be lead. Then, be, then you wonder why a lot of these kids are diagnosed with ADHD or uh, some type of uh, 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 misbehavior disorder or something like that because it's coming from, it's coming from the metal that they're putting inside this school. I mean, pretty sure we had this discussion one time before, but when I saw this last night, it
2: just triggered that. I just, you know, wanted to bring it up. All uh, Gary, what are your thoughts on that? Um. Uh, yeah. I mean, one way to uh, keep the nation in
3: to its knees is to uh, target the children of that nation. Yeah. yeah since we didn't com- since we didn't combine, you know, with this nation uh, or this group of people, then you know they pretty much uh, know what's going on and they know what they be doing.
1: Mm. Mm-hmm.
3: And, and and it's just like the. Uh, Flint River situation. I think they did the same thing to Flint River.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, them people up there. So they they already know what they're doing. They just we the lab rats, you know.
2: Until we uh free ourselves and get ourselves out of this condition, that's where we gonna be. Right. With that new year. Thank you, sir. Ark, Ark Andrew, what are your thoughts, bro? I absolutely agree, you know, because, um, you know, even
3: like when you check it all out in the scriptures, the Israelites, they were showed how to cultivate their food, you know, um, have their food to be their drugs, have their food to be their medicine, you know, their food, their medicine, the medicine, their food. And they were aware of what they are eating because they were the one to cultivate it. They were the one to grow it, you know. Um, So when you're mindful of how you nurture what goes inside of you to give you nourishment, then what you put in is what you're going to bring out, you know you're aware of the fact that you're putting on in your 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 you're showing compassion unto your your food. You know, like not only when you're growing your plants and you're growing your earth, but even when cooking the food. You know, um you're cutting the food up in a certain way to how you want it to be tasting to your liking. And then you're putting in seasons and all those things of that sort you're not going to put no metal in your food to eat no metal. You know, you're not going to do those things because those things are just against nature, you know, um, and go right back into what go. I'm going right back to what Eric I made mention, you know, until we start to realize the importance of what government is, then we're going to continue forever being a lab rat.
4: Mm-hmm. think
3: that to think that we're, going to want to be able to think that we can have satisfaction in an over, over another man's system in which he realizes and understands that if I make everybody else satisfied, then for sure that means I'm not going to be satisfied. Then he's going to do everything
2: in his power that you allow him to you got everything in his power that you allow him to do. He's gonna do it. If you say,
3: okay, Mister, you know what? Yeah, here I'm supposed to get a hundred, but you know what? Just give me 25. And you're really telling him that from him making mention unto you that you know you can get 25 now and you can get the rest of the 75 for when you get your retirement plan. But at the end of the day, all these hidden expenses and those get interest upon interest upon interest, which is slapping onto you, which you're not even aware of those facts, in the loans that he says, you know, <laughs> you don't really want to look on into it to see how it is that it's a benefit towards you. And realistically, it's no benefit. Then you're going to be losing all now. And you're just going to be what they want you to be and not being what <clears throat> you're destined to be you know, and, and you. Yes, sir. Um, for comp- um, for uh, 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 record's purpose, I just want to retract certain statements. First and foremost, the name of the disease is called PICA, not PETA, P-I-C-A, not P-E-T-A, which is called PICA. And the disorder is basically uh, the uh, force of the uh, will of a person to eat things that are not for consumption. Like most people, uh, uh, basically, some people like to eat clay. Some people like to eat, I've seen episodes of, um, um the, what's that show called? I forgot what it's called, where some people eat baby piss, like drink the baby piss off of diapers and stuff like that. Okay, so that's <laughs> something called Pica.
1: <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah yeah it's called Pika. uh and the name of the episode is called lead uh it's a uh, episode of law and order and um that's basically what it is uh there was lead inside of the toy uh, it was lead inside of the paint on the toy cars but the young guy didn't know, the little boy didn't know when he was young because he just had a habit of eating the paint off of the cars mm-hmm. So he was eating the lead which was put inside of the uh, paint um, of which the president of the toy company lied about. He said he did not know that the lead was in the paint, but unfortunately he lied because the Chinese manufacturer who manufactured the product and uh, shipped it to the American toy company sent him the invoice telling him that there was lead in the paint. So then that toy, uh, for the president of the company, he became responsible for it. So I just wanted to basically give you all that synopsis, but check that out uh, whenever you guys get a chance. Um, and it plays right into it. I mean, this is deeper than children eating cereal. This is witchcraft. It's sorcery. Because here it is, you're putting things inside of... The water you're putting things inside of the food that is causing a uh, detriment to the stability of, the, of people's minds. You wonder why the people and the children are growing up so degenerate and so emotional and developing autism is like or developing autistic behavior is like yo, is is witchcraft. <laughs> is you know, it's in the food, you know. Um they sell it the, under uh, well the they sell it in the form of food, but it's really drugs. It's really drugs. All the bag and chips and cookies and stuff like that is really just drugs. And the main component of the, the main drug or the main component in a lot of those drugs is sugar. That's the main drug because it's a drug of itself. It's a drug of its own. So you mix in sugar with metals, you got a you got a real deadly. Uh, you got a really deadly uh, source of witchcraft, and it really should be outlawed. But anyway, I just wanted to bring that to the floor. I guess you wouldn't call it. I just open up the floor if anybody have any other discussion. The time now is 7.54 minutes. Oh, it's 54 minutes after 7. Uh, Is there anyone that is now joining in on the conversation that
2: has not been here since 7?
3: Okay. Because I can't see the board, so I don't know. But other than that. Uh, just feel free to share any of your thoughts.
5: And Shalom to Sister Ruffin. Um, I haven't been here since 7. I came about half an hour after.
1: Um, Shalom, Al-T, How are you?
5: I'm good. How are you?
3: No, I'm I'm awesome. It's good to have you here with us. Um, uh, Share your thoughts, whatever you want. This is, this is our time. This is your time. Say whatever you want.
5: Yeah, I wanted to say that I'm personally saddened by hearing this because I'm one person that loves cereal. I actually eat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I
5: eat cereal. I can eat cereal for dinner, like a type of person I am. So um, I'm saddened to hear this. Especially, I eat like the worst cereals you could think of, like Fruit Loops and like Cinnamon Toast Crunch. And I'm sure there's a bunch of Things in there that I shouldn't be consuming. So, um, it kind of. I don't. I like to have this information because it shows me that I need to be more cautious with the things that I go out and purchase. Um, but it's frustrating at the same time because I don't know what to purchase because I mm-hmm. I have a young child and. I'm trying my best to buy like organic vegetables and things for her to eat, but for myself, I'm not really finding those things, especially since I'm so seasoned in the area of eating bad stuff. I've been eating it my whole life, and now that I'm growing up and I'm starting to realize the things that I've been eating are not in any way good for me, I'm trying to correct that especially for my daughter. I don't want her eating those things, but she sees me eating it. So, Mm
1: -hmm.
5: I don't know. It's hard. I want to be able to find, like, you know, organic um, farmer that, you know, like, harvests different stuff, like fruits and vegetables. and I just have to look into it more because it's definitely worth it. It may be more expensive, but in the long run, the best possible thing that we could do for our bodies.
1: Yeah. We can I, expect
5: I, to avoid um the prescription medicines that they give us and all these things if we're not avoiding the things that cause these things to come on us for us to need those medicines. Right. So that's all I have to say, I yield.
3: No problem, and yeah, I agree. Um I think I mean, I, well, it's very, it should be self-evident since a lot of us are come into this truth that it is a struggle to find the best uh, bunch of nutrients that we can get. Because um, you're talking about breaking bad habits, uh, which include the way that we think and the things that we do and the things that we eat. So it's like you're creating a, a a whole nother diet, not just what you're eat what you're eating, but what you're watching, what you're what you're saying, uh the things that you participate in, that's all part of your new diet. And it's hard. I just I just I'm looking at a box of crunchy vanilla Raisin brand cereal right now, I just bought like two days ago and it's going right in the garbage. That is money going in the garbage, I mean, I didn't spend much money on it, but i it's hard for me to sit here and say I can sit here and eat that, knowing that it has metal in it, yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying, if that's the case, I might as well just go and shave off. You know, some shave off some pipe or something and just eat. Yeah, but I know, I know, I can't do that. No, I can't do that. I don't want to advise anybody to do it. But I mean, that's just basically what. That's basically what it seems like I would basically be doing if I'm sitting there eating that. So you know, we live at a time right now, or we're right basically at a point in our development where we're understanding free. Uh, will and free choice and understanding that we have the power to make the decision for what we want to do in our lives, you know. But ultimately, the decisions come with, uh, you know, uh, antecedent. Well, the antecedent is basically what you're going to do, and the consequence is basically what comes after. It can be positive or negative, and you know, we have to, you know, decide what it is that we're going to do. We have to understand the consequences that come afterwards. Sometimes they're just not that good. Um, But I I should advise anybody to just make the best decisions for you and your offspring enough to keep you alive. Because I can tell you right now, if it comes down to it, if, you know, cereal was the last thing we had to eat, then I'm pretty sure we would eat it. But at the end of the day, we have to be conscious about what we put in our bodies. This is just a wake-up call for all of us. And just, you know, we, now we know. You know, now we know we walk, down the cere- we walk down the cereal aisle, about maybe 98, 99% of that cereal has metal in it. Probably 98, 99% of the store's food has metal in it. Um... And why they are putting it in there, I don't know, but I do know the effect, and the effect is it distorts the function of the brain because if the brain is intaking over over a large amount over a long period of time, if it's taken in uh, uh, uh metal or it's taking in some source of uh uh, conduction that's hindering the main uh, source of conduction, which is the carbon and the carbon in your brain, then nine times out of ten, it was intentionally put in there to distort the function of your brain. Because I don't see why you would put something in there that would, could possibly distort the function of your brain. I That's just common sense. So other than that, just, you know, just do that out there. Just be conscious about what you consume. I know we heard it time before, but it's getting real out here. So, uh, uh so open for any comments or, uh,
1: any other topics. Just stick Andrew. Yes, sir, bro. Um, you know,
2: I, I, one thing that, um, I'm mindful of is that, you know, a lot of times when you see the scriptures and, you know, you read fasting, fasting helps you uh, kind of like control your eating habits, you know,
1: Uh,
3: because if you eat a lot and then after you actually make it through a full 24 hour fast,
2: you're not going to eat to how you ate before right after you finish the fast you're not going to have the appetite
3: to eat in that manner. Um, But at the same time, there's also
2: different kinds of fasting. You know, you don't have to necessarily go through a fasting of not eating no food or no liquids for 24 hours. You know, you can go through a fasting of eating strictly nuts, you know, and a lot of people don't comprehend that. Sometimes you could get a lot of protein from nuts. You know, or just eating strictly, uh, 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 uh what do you call it, um, liquids. If you have a juicer. You could juice all your foods, all your nutrients in a shake, like. You know, but I came across a uh, cereal. I don't know if it has metaner or
3: not. Though, tell you the honest truth, but I know they sell it in the organic store. Uh, the
2: cereal is called Ezekiel Four Verse Nine. I don't know if anybody has heard of that cereal. What is it called? Ezekiel 4 verse 9. Ezekiel 4 verse 9? Ezekiel 4 verse 9. Like Ezekiel, the book, like the
3: prophet Ezekiel? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 I've heard of that. Yeah, it's called Ezekiel 4 verse 9. That's the name of the cereal. Yeah. I know they sell it, they sell it in organic in the organic stores over here in Canada. I wasn't yeah. sure if you guys also had it in the States as well. Yeah, we have it in the States. I see it every day. It's like $6 a box. That box ain't about no bigger than my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: know. Right? That's That's like, geez,
3: I want to eat healthy. You can't give me enough. You can't give me a, a whole other box with this? Like Just, $6 more you know, than the one that's trying know, to kill me. Trust me, but that's a good, but you know what they know well, they already have it in their head. They're like, "Yo, do you you either go eat healthy or die."
1: Two Basically, months.
3: you know. <laughs> that's what they're putting it. they be throwing it straight blunt in your face, like no remorse. Like you go, you either go eat or like you pick, you know. But yeah, so but I you know that 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 the message that you may mention that um the word that you gave that's real because a lot of people. I remember even me, myself, I didn't go front. Like, I, at one point in time, I just couldn't eat. I, if it wasn't organic, and if it didn't come from my hands, at one point in time, I was like, yo, the hell with that. <laughs> Excuse
2: me, but, you know, um, with, with as you get more knowledge, you know, you got to be wise with it, and, and, and,
3: and there's a process, you know. You know, like, there has to be an understanding
2: to it, and you can't, you know, you got to transition with it. You can't just, you know, nobody just wakes up and, like, there ain't no
3: there ain't no scripture where you ever see you no know, Israelite like, just go to sleep and wake up and boom, he's a saint. You know, he, it's a process. Um, I got a question for you because uh, I know you mentioned in Ezekiel 4 verse 9. Is it any? It, does it taste good? Well, it depends on what flavor you get, you know. Depends on what flavor you get, and to tell you the honest too, you can
2: always get some, some. You know, I, I, I'm the I'm type of I'm the type of guy. I don't really I always eat food to have it taste good because I right. comprehend food just is supposed to be
3: just to keep you going. You know, you're not right. really even supposed to be solely dependent upon the actual materialistic things. But we right. do need to, you know, get that energy. So if it doesn't taste good, I, would, I always add a little bit of cinnamon or even a little bit of guava or even honey. Okay. You know, you know. I got you because I was sure not looking it. Now, you <laughs> say No, it look dry. They have <laughs> many different flavors, though. They have many different flavors. I haven't tried, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I only mm-hmm. tried like a few. but. <laughs> <laughs> So, we only got one at my
1: store. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we got the, one. The, the regular
2: plain dry. Oh, dry one <laughs> huh? in the orange box, huh?
1: Yes.
3: <laughs> it, looks, it looks extremely dry. But, hey, I'm trying to – I'm I'm weighing on my options here because I really don't want to stop eating cereal because I love it. But I guarantee you this. I won't I, – I, I cannot – be sitting here eating that stuff man, like knowing it has that metal stuff in it. But I'ma have, I'm have to I'm have to I'm have to figure something out. Well, uh you know what? You know, let me just make mention that uh that you know that cereal it, it, it don't really taste all that good but if you get some honey, yeah, it, it'll do some um you get some honey you could bypass the taste but you know if you wanna eat it healthy you gotta make sure that the actual box is healthy too. Don't you know? Don't That's pick it true. up. If, don't pick it up if don't pick it up if uh, you see a bunch of dust on the box, Amber, huh? because it might be on shelf. Because I'm telling you, I know you're not the only one that don't be <laughs> liking the taste of it, Bruh, If I if if I flip it over before I pick it up, and um, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I flip it on the back to the nutrition facts before I pick it up and buy anything. So it's like, it. it and then at, at the end of the day, it's not like really a whole lot that I get when I go to the store. I don't like really, I don't spend no more than 20, $30 a week when I go to the store to purchase food. So on an average, I'm spending at least maybe 80 to $100 a hundred dollars a month on food. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, then that's just for me, because again, I ain't. You know, yeah. I don't have no, no little ones or anything like that. But that's just how much money I'm willing to spend when I'm going to purchase food. Because at the end of the day, you know, I know what I eat in a week, and I know what I like to eat in a week. And most of the time, when I do eat, it's mostly we eat like fruits and vegetables, uh, salad, um, some cereals, and maybe like one or two little um, knickknacks or uh, little crackers or something like that. But other than that. I, I you know I don't buy all of the Doritos and the Oreos and all of that stuff when I go to like the grocery store. Like if but if I'm at like if I'm at work or something like that, and I uh and we're in the middle of like a week where we're really busy, so I may go to the store and I may get the bag of chips, uh the the jalapeno flavored chips or some Oreos or something like that just to get on the go. Cause that's not like something like if I'm home. And it's slow, and I'm going to just like go to the supermarket. I don't buy, you know, the Oreos and the, the ice cream. Well, I don't even eat ice cream. Um, it don't sit too well with my stomach, and I don't buy that cow milk. I stopped drinking that. Um, I drink a lot of like, uh, almond milk, but I got cashew now. I've been reading too much about the almond. But other than that, that's just me. Um, but. Moving on, uh, does anybody have any other topics that they uh, want to share? Um, state your name, phone on the record.
2: Yeah, on? Okay, go on, brother. Please, please, please. please uh, my bad for interrupting. Oh, somebody
1: was about to speak.
2: Yeah, this is uh, brother Azim Ben Israel. How the nation is
3: doing? Hey, oh, right? you finally made it, bro. Yeah. Huh? Right. <laughs> I finally
2: home, got
3: man. a Thursday. Funny man. Yeah, I I finally got a Thursday where I'm not at the plantation, and I'm so happy that I'm able to call in and and meet everyone tonight.
1: What's your Thursday? Happy to have you <laughs> on the call
3: too, bro. Praise the Lord, He <laughs> is on the line. Everybody,
1: Augustine. <laughs> I'm just yeah, messing with yeah. you, Augustine. Um, but glad to be here. One
3: only thing I want to speak on. Because, like I said, about, you know, I was speaking about the uh, food. I have a book. I have a book that was published maybe back in 1965. And it's called Social Costs of Business Enterprise. And in that book, it's in one of the chapters, I can't recollect right now, but it stated that the food changing started back in 1936. That's when they started changing the food hmm. stamp.
1: 1936.
3: Now, may I remind y'all, and y'all know it, and it, yeah, it hit your mind. I know you about to get ready to go with that, but go ahead, depression. Yeah, in 1936, that was when all the New Deal Act and everything came into play.
2: Yep. And that after the depression, too. Say that one more time, brother.
3: I was saying, isn't that like right after the Depression, right after the Great Depression when they realized that,
2: oh, suck, you know what? We ought to food stop.
3: And that was right after the uh, uh, bankruptcy as well when um, yes. the United States yeah. basically um, reorganized themselves as a government.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So what? Well, that's three years after <laughs> the uh, bankruptcy uh, took place of the United States of America.
1: That's three mm-hmm. years after
3: which is why I just thought it was really interesting that you said 1936. I was sitting there like, ah, oh, now it makes sense. So, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> it, you got any – what else, uh, what else um, happens with uh, the 1936, brother, that's relation to the book? Uh, I can't recollect offhand right now. Um, I just remember certain things because I have not picked this book up in a while but when y'all were speaking about the food structure, I precisely remembered about the book speaking about the food changing over in 1936 when they started change, um, placing the metals and other things in the food and stuff and they start
2: changing the food structure. I'm wondering. It just crossed my mind.
3: Is it possible to convert lead into, like, a fake iron or silver. Yes, yes. The right manipulation to it.
1: Mm-hmm. okay that's the,
3: alchemy. So there were, yeah, okay, I know it is alchemy. Uh, right, al- alch- alchemy. And I'm only asking this is because I'm trying to figure out how these organizations – and I'm also keeping in mind of what Ark Andrew said before that a lot of the machines are not properly, they're, they're not properly maintained. So some of the food are passing through with shavings of the machine passing off into. okay? I take that. I'll take that as probably something that, as a possibility. Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? But I'm thinking about the fact that, okay, outside of that, it's got to be A way where the the quote unquote metal substance that's in this food is making it past the testing of the Department of Health. Because I know they got to test this food first. Maybe they aren't testing it and just saying that they are, but it's got to make it. And I'm only making it, I'm like, this stuff is really, I'm trying to really make sense of it all. Because at the end of the day, if we. If we were just that, if we were anything like the Tea Party or anything like anybody who wanted to fight for a Uh cause, we could definitely go after these damn people for uh, screwing with our uh, bodies. But that's just a thought. It ain't something that, you know, we, you know, actually need to do as of right now. But we could do it. I'm just saying. We could bring that case against them. I I can give you some some books you can read um called Pagu. You ever heard of this uh this um it was like an um an author. His name was Pagu. Pagu? Yeah, Pagu. P I G O U. Pagu. Pagu
2: economic of welfare. Man. Cuz a lot of his studies it speaks about this stuff. Okay, Pagu. Cause you know, matter of fact, I
3: did post to that book in the group page of tribes. I did post that in there a while back. The group. And I think I may have put it on the university website also. Okay, I'm gonna have to make sure. I... wait, you said the group. Well, then I, mean, I have to mm-hmm. go down. Uh, the group you should see if it's in there. Yeah, yeah, that's in, in tribe, original nation, um. Facebook group um, page group. Okay. Uh-huh. Where? And that and been some time back, so you have to go back. Maybe a few years back when I even put oh, that hell. on. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: but look, check this out. You can do a search. You can go into that group, and you actually can search for a group. It may just come up because. What you know what? You're right about that. I forgot we could use the search. Uh-huh. The search it looked it look
2: for keywords.
3: Yeah, right. It'll go for keywords. It, it just hit me, bro. I, you know, I'm, I forgot. It slipped my mind because I don't really do a whole lot of searches on Facebook as much uh, unless uh, I'm looking for a specific group. But, um, yeah, I definitely try to keep in mind to look for his my name is – how do you spell his name up? A group? P-I-P-I-G-O-O?
2: Yeah, P-I-G-O-U. Pago. Oh, Pagoo. Mm-hmm. I
3: think I remember seeing that name somewhere on Facebook. I just don't remember. Posted, I posted it many times on there. Where? Um, yeah, on Facebook. I posted uh, quite a few business information on Facebook.
1: Okay. I got to, okay
3: i really look looking into it because I, I I was just thinking like dang I'm, I remember seeing anything, but I'm gonna look into it and and then cookie. and then you look into the information how like the fast food restaurants like McDonald's or Burger King they're using ammonia in in their hamburger well it's really not hamburger it's, it's um, miscellaneous meat they are
2: using ammonia
3: yeah um the FDA Truth be told, the FDA approved them years ago that they actually sell
2: horse meat to you without disclosure what's in the meat. Oh wow! Yeah, but now I'm about to hit you
3: with another wave. Now I'm from the '70s. I don't know how many of you used to watch um, Nickelodeon back in the '80s. You know, as I have, but there was a show I used to watch called You Can't Do That on television. On that TV show, there was this guy. He was like a, a a cook, and the kids would come. The kids would come in there. The children would come in there, right? They would come eat, and they would always ask him
2: what is in this meat. And and one person always would tell him, "You really don't want to know what's in it." Wow.
3: Yeah, that was on Nickelodeon, and and I truth, hey, I even got the DVDs. I got the whole collection. Um, you can't do that on television. I remember that show. You can't do that on television. I I, uh, I haven't seen sir, it. I'm so glad I connected with somebody. That remember that show, man? Because it's hard to find people out there remember that. But that was a, yeah. You can't show do that on TV. I Remember
2: that show? It was telling you about corporations too. They would tell you a lot of information about corporations, okay.
3: I mean, I never paid any that much attention to it, but I got you, mm-hmm. I got you, and they were telling you, and they would tell you in that part about the miscellaneous meat because every time they would ask him what's in it, he would never tell them it's not what you think you're not eating hamburger, but who knows what Ronald McDonald is selling. When they first started around the McDonald chain, probably back in like 1950s. I think he started the chain back in the fifties. Right. So, so the now, think, McDonald's? yeah, McDonald's, chain, I think it changed started back in the 1950s.
2: So if that is the case, they wasn't even selling a legitimate so-called hamburger. Because like food, when you deal with production, okay, it's like, you're dealing with production,
3: like if you got like a thousand people right coming into your restaurant within so many hours. There's no way to will you be able to supply so much of so called raw hamburger meat to a large sum of people. So you have to come up with a concept to where you're able to produce a light so called light meat of substance that you could give them to keep the production going. And that's what they're doing today. The
2: same thing. You know, mm. you know that, that, that you know that's uh, you know it, it, what, what, I, what I did to you know from that was like you checking on notes. It's like just it's just business, man. You know, real talk.
3: No disrespect to any of us, but it ain't personal. It's just business. Exactly. You know, like, <laughs> They look at the whole situation. They're like, you know what? I can save more money if I don't use as much seed and just duplicate
2: half of the seed that I have. Mm-hmm. So I can double the
1: profit doing half the work. Mhm. <laughs> yep. Yeah.
2: You know. You know. Uh. I was watching something on Facebook, and this man was talking to, he's like, he's saying to his
3: lady that they, uh, he always hears them talk about how they put wax on the apples and on the fruits and and those things, right? And then he started to
1: do. He said, you know what? He's just gonna give it a try. You know,
3: he got kind of way. He's gonna give it a try.
1: And he
2: takes his apple and he's. Has this sharp knife, and he's just within two swipes, he's already drawing. He's he's drawing the wax off of the off of the apple within two swipes. And I remember me growing up, my mother used to always say, "Wash the apple," and I never really took the time to figure it out. What? Wash the apple. But when you when you like. Just water alone cannot get that wax off of many of these fruits. Now, I haven't done this t- test myself, but that's something that anybody can do. And, you know, when that's a scenario, you got to really ask yourself, why are they coating our fruits with wax? Mm-hmm. Or some kind of, some kind of plastic substance that is similar to, earth, to to wax or similar to plastic. You know, um, and essentially when you check it on out, you see that they're doing those
3: different things to preserve the longevity and the quality
2: of the food itself because sometimes those things are, you know, United States is a big place. Excuse me. America is a big place from east to west, from south to north,
3: that fruit got to get transferred. And without no fertilization, without no kind of pesticide spray, a lot of them fruit gonna make it half journey. So I know right.
2: that's one of the reasons why they put all those different kind of chemicals to
3: preserve. Yeah, the exactly, bro. And, and you know what? I'm glad you made that point, man. I just thought about that. You know what? So many ways you're right because... When they're going through different states, there are different points of environment and different um, things that come coming out the atmosphere that can come in contact with the food.
2: Mm. You know what I'm saying? Then we get it with
3: the chemtrails.
1: When uh-huh. they're all
3: up from one region to the next area,
2: those things are being exposed to the metals that's coming out there also. Mm. So look at that. The same people that cause the problem is the same people
3: that going to cause more problems so that they can be looked
2: upon as a savior for the solution.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh That's
2: vicious, vicious, you know? Things like that, hearing situations like that. Just, um, show, you know, it, it, it's shown and approved, shown and approved that, you know, why we have to continue on pressing on, you know, why we have to continue on strengthening our, 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 our purpose and our faith. You know, having our hope transition to the to the belief and having the belief transition to the faith and having the faith transition to be to even trusted or even the trust. You know. the trust that was put onto us by the most high. You know, we were instructed to carry on the essence of the most high through laws and that's the whole point of why the
3: Israelites gone into captivity on the first man, because they got too high hearted and they didn't operate within that trust. You know, they didn't uh, they weren't they they weren't they
2: weren't operating as the enlightened light. Into the globe, so you know, let's not just uh, fall into that scenario. But let us keep that mental on the forefront. <laughs> Interesting. I'm sorry, I was um
3: watching
5: uh... Trump talk about black people.
3: He has to say the phrase inner city. He does not think of that person. Just beyond that. Anyway, as um watching. Oh well, let me just try. Uh, take this. Um, CNN posted a discussion between uh Trevor Noah, uh um, and some other uh black. Guy. I can't remember his name. Well, I because I'm while I'm on the phone, I can't really hear uh, hear the audio. Um. Well, let me try. Okay, I can't hear the audio. But it'll play while you know while I'm on the phone. And uh, Trevor Noah says every time I see Donald Trump talk about black people, he has to say the phrase "inner city." He does not think a black person exists beyond that.
2: What are you guys' thoughts on that? The only I I didn't want to go first. Nah, let me not go first. You can go first, bro. I'm mean, cool. <laughs> it's only it's only <laughs> it's, you know what the whole world the whole world wants to look up to the
3: African American, you know? It's like they the one that set the trends. I hate to say well, I ain't gonna say I hate to say, but as far as I can see, I remember growing up Canada wanted to be so much like Af- um 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 the African American. Oh, my goodness. Growing on up, it was like, yo, you come, you, 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 um, what do you call it? Summer, summer, uh, school, school holiday kicking, summer summer kicking, and it's like you go to the States, you come back with gear from the States, you the man the next year because you got the clothes from, the clothes that, you got clothes from the States. You the man next year. And then next year, when the school go hot, caught out again, everybody's, you have, you're certain your residents want to ask you if you could get some. Here, they could give you some money and you're the man from the state. So, the world is like acknowledging that you know, the African American is like they kind of set the trends in a lot of different ways. It's not fashion, at least in the top. You know, y'all, is the one that you know, yeah, as far as I can tell, y'all, is the one that has everybody
2: across the globe saying facts. You know, yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all set the trend, but y'all also. Uh, African American be
3: the one that that be saying I'm black, you know, love to be black. And
2: outside of uh outside of that realm, what I'm hearing Lisa's inner city is like outside of that realm, you know, uh y'all y- y- y'all isolated. Like everybody has a nation that they belong to, but y'all saying y'all don't have no nation. That's what it is that I hear. Word. Um uh, I uh well first and foremost, I think
3: when I hear the word inner city, um uh, number one it shouldn't be necessarily uh relatable to just one type of person because a city, com- I mean, first of all, if you want to say inner city, um, especially when you look at this society that we live in and considering the fact that no one I mean, of our people, I can say, um, holds any uh, possessory you know, rights over any property, so to speak, in the inner city, uh, not that I'm, made, you know, aware of, but, I mean, it at this particular point, we know that uh, black people cannot hold property because we're debtors. Uh, not hold property, but uh, acquire property because we're debtors. So it doesn't necessarily belong to them. They belong to the people that control them. So at the end of the day, when I hear the word inner city, I mean, there's a there's a variety of different people that live in uh that that live in um, uh the inner city and those people usually are uh latinos poor whites uh um puerto ricans which are uh quote unquote latin speaking peoples or spanish speaking peoples not Latin, but Spanish-speaking people. And um, it consists of uh, uh, some African-Americans in the mix, and I would say predominantly African-American. But when you say inner cities, it's just not predominantly African. It's just not African-American. But I think uh, Trevor Noah was saying, or what he was saying, was that every time Trump says inner city, he let me go back because I want to basically get it right before I open my mouth about it. He uh, said that. Let me break.
1: me break.
3: Hold on. He said that every time. Oh, every time he talks about black people, he says the word inner city. But I think maybe it's a misunderstanding somewhere. But all in all. I'm looking at it like this, because I know that a lot of people don't like Trump. Um, not Like I said, I'm not really a big fan of the guy either. Um, but we were in class the other day, and Priest was making mention that every time African Americans hear the name Trump, they automatically get up in arms and, oh, I don't like him, I don't like him, I don't like him. And I'm looking at, like, why is it that we get to a point to where when we hear Trump's name, we say we don't like him. But then we have President Obama, uh, the administration, Obama administration, where we see seen more African Americans die in one year under his administration than uh, the Bush administration, and um, I won't even say the Trump administration because he just got in office. But we've seen so many people die last year under this administration. It's just ridiculous. It was ridiculous. And we um, have a major disdain for this man who just got in office, who within not even 100 days has managed to get most of his platform um, his uh, campaign platform pretty much squared away. Executive order after executive order, um, and I'm trying to figure out like why is where is it necessarily coming from? And I just kind of like want y'all thoughts on that. Honestly, what are y'all thoughts on it? Anybody? <laughs> Can you um just just kind of elaborate a little bit more when you say what are our thoughts on it?
1: What are our thoughts on? Well, what are
3: your thoughts on where we think the hate comes from when we hear? What where do you think the hate for Donald Trump among amongst the so uh, so-called African Americans uh
2: come from? Fear. I think I think the hate comes from fear. Uh, I say that because first you know we 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 I don't even think I don't even think we've recovered, I don't even think we've healed from a lot of I don't even think we've healed from the the time
3: period of the civil rights movement you know um so when we hear Trump talk, it's as if we're remembering the Jim Crow laws and that time period and we're fearful because we hear him talking towards
2: the Latino, the Mexicans and and kind of it's as if like he's trying to
3: make mention that they're going to be joining Muslims and a terrorist, and it's fearful that he could talk those things unto them, what's stopping him from just
2: making up allegations against said black people? So I think that hate is like, no, you know, let's try and prevent him from turning on us and speaking against us. And, you know, like, it's like I guess because a,
3: a lot of people they still have the mentality like okay yeah you know Black Lives Matter but those same people that are the mentalities that Black Lives Matter a lot of them are also saying that all lives matter as well you know a lot of people are not even aware of that but I think it's I think it's uh, you know fear and then you
2: shalom nation as well as you know I'm not, I just got on the call brother
3: yes Gavin. sir. Shalom, Sh- 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 brother. <laughs> uh, I was asking um, the the fam. I was asking the, the brethren where do because we were. Re- I was reading a comment that was made by Trevor Noah in his regards to uh, Trump when he states that every time that Trump refers to African Americans, he makes the phrase of inner city. He talks about inner city and. Um, I noticed, you know, because brought it up in class the other day that, like, when African Americans hear the, the name Donald Trump, then they get, like, really uh, disgruntled. Like, they get up in arms, it's like, oh, I don't like him, I can't stand him, and so on and so forth. And I just kind of, you know, wondered, like, where does everybody's personal belief on where the hate for him Comes from amongst African Americans, and I just want your thought about thought, um, thoughts on that.
2: Well, yes, brother. Well, first of all, first and foremost, you know, uh, the majority of, of inner cities across America, you know, has uh, a large percentage of so-called Caucasian uh, white Americans, so-called white Americans
1: mm-hmm. that are
2: uh, residents of these national inner cities.
3: So there's only parts of the community that are still, you know, um, I don't want to say restricted, but that are um, identified as so-called black African-American communities. So, you know, that shouldn't trigger the fact (laughs) that I should get mad because he's pointing where I live, you know what I mean? (laughs) Because at one time I lived in the inner city, in the the boroughs of New York City and I don't, we don't, our family moved out of there because it was getting crazy and wild, shootouts, all that crazy stuff in the 80s so I mean we got out of there early
1: but there's, there's,
3: you know, migration patterns all over the US of people leaving cities
2: and going to the suburbs of that city or vice versa, leaving the suburbs and going back into the city and the majority of the people that are going back into these cities are of that so called
3: Caucasian race of people if you want to say our nationality or if you want to call them white Americans or
1: however they want to identify
3: themselves. And that's due to what they call the day modern and gentrification. Well, not modern, but it has always been gentrification.
1: gentrification. Yeah, right. exactly.
3: So, so it, that shouldn't bother anyone in, in particular because they're relating you to that neighborhood. Your neighborhood shouldn't define who you are. Exactly. I I a hundred percent agree with that, which is why I thought it was really interesting when Trevor Noah, who's supposed to be biracial, by the way, uh-huh. who makes the statement that every time uh Trump makes when he when he talks about African Americans, he uses the phrase inner city. Which that guy, I think, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry to cut you, sir. Uh uh excuse me for that. I just a, no problem. that guy Trevor is the one is 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 he the one that's a movie, an actor, or he's is he a he's a sitcom? I mean, he's a an anchorman on TV. Yeah, he does like an anchorman on TV. He's like an anchorman. He used to be on um, he used to be on Comedy Central.
1: Okay. Not the one that, oh, glasses. the light skin. Oh, okay, that light skin dude that who's a a com- like he's a yeah, he's a comedian. British accent. Yes.
3: Okay, got you. I know what you're talking about now. I'm sorry. So it's really interesting. Like when he made the statement and I was just thinking to myself, okay, well, I think that's what you hear, but I mean, is that true? And I mean, I think it's maybe a misunderstanding maybe on both parts because, you know, he, he said that every time Trump talks about African-American, he associates them with inner city or he always brings up the phrase inner city. But we know that outside of just the whole discussion inner city there is a there's a hate for this man um, that in all my in all my understanding uh, just starting to you know see the, all through the campaigns, all the way up into the inauguration, all the way up into now, a lot of it you know, he a lot of it stemmed from the Democrats and I'm not trying to be funny when I say it, but I know the Democrats the Democratic Party was coming after him really, really, really hard. Um uh, and I know he went into the you know, he, he went after the Democrats pretty hard. Um but it went from the Democrats to the Democrats and the Republicans and then it went from the, the Democrat the Democrats, the Republicans, Liberals and the Conservatives to just uh the the Cauc the, the Caucasians in general and then uh mainly uh Caucasian females and then it went from just the uh, Caucasians and Caucasian majority Caucasian females to just all African Americans. Which I mean even before then like during like the primaries and all of that other different stuff uh it has already been I've like literally sat in classes where you have the teacher and in bedding into the minds of the students to vote for Hillary because Trump is going to take their rights away. I would hear this daily for a whole semester, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, that is dangerous. That's dangerous thinking because, number one, you're not giving that person that you're trying to indoctrinate, you're not giving them – uh, a fair scope of the platform in general of both the Democrat and the Republican platforms. You're not giving them a choice in all of it. That's number one. But number two, you are you're trying to you're trying to scare them into doing something. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, pick Hillary because Donald Trump, this big bad boogeyman, is gonna take your votes away. He's gonna take your rights away. That,
1: that, yeah, all that is is a form of Marxism.
3: Yeah, it's Mark, thank thank you, uh, it's Marxism. Mm
1: -hmm.
3: And it's wrong, because I'm like, you can't, it's it's propaganda at its best, but it is Marxism. And I think that's where a lot of the hatred for Trump comes from, is media propaganda, fueling this idea that Trump is just, Mean bad man, all because all before Trump was just this cool guy, you know, he was always in the media, and the media spoke so highly of him. You never heard anything negative about him, even when he was, even when he was, um, uh, saying some of the rude things of you know to people and about people, he was still that is a cool person, but then soon as they found out that he was getting ready to take that seat. It was like like death (laughs) angels coming after him. I was like, well, where is all of this media frenzy or hate coming from? They're They're paid actors. And see, the Democrats, they're pouring so much of millions of dollars into this kind of madness. But what they're doing, they're setting these people up to get rounded up because there are already laws on the book for people, them groups that they're creating anarchy against the government. They're going to be rounded up. And they don't even know this stuff. They think it's all cool, it's all game. And then we see our people involved with this shenanigans that they're out there marching and doing all kind of crazy stuff. I mean, this is violence, man. It's crazy. And they think it's okay. You know, hey, I'm out here with this, you know, with, with boss. You know, I'm throwing balls with boss. You know, it's all good. But guess what? When they get time to round them up, they're going to need still-called Negroes. will be the first one they're going to grab up. Yeah. I mean, they already, grab they're up. already killing them, so, it's, you know. Yeah, exactly. And see, but see, this is what's sad. Our people really think by joining in with these Europeans and these other people that are doing this stuff, they're thinking, if I do this, then it'll save me. No, it's not going to save
2: you. It's not you going to save me. you. Because you have nope. no business you fighting them. And that stuff, anyway, it, what's going on has nothing to do with
3: us anyway. Right. Because the European once they found out, once Trump got in office, he will was going to start collapsing um, certain pension plans and stuff like that, and these billionaires, they were sitting on top of the land for a long time. So now they're finding out once he got in office, he's going to start collapsing the, um, certain um, plans and stuff in these uh, pensions. And when yeah. they do, they're gonna stop. We talk the baby boomers. Yes, the baby boomers. They're gonna lose their nice little toys, their little hot rods. They're gonna lose all of that soon, and that's what all this mess is coming from. And it ain't got nothing to do with us. Right. Oh, I, I, I understand that. That's why you. Well, know, that's why I'm still trying. Well, not even still because I. I basically understand where the hate is coming from. I. I, I now see that it's a propaganda machine being created against. Yeah. Well, this anti-Trump. Campaign being created against him, and mm-hmm. I know that they'll use. And it's always been stated, even when like uh, that Jewish guy uh, Finkelstein or whatever it was, another guy who made a statement saying that Finkelstein, the yeah, ne- recording yeah, Finkelstein yeah, Finkelstein. Uh uh-huh. him, There was also another Jewish guy who basically because they actually said, well, what does the Negroes have to do with this? Say that the Negroes are major part of our plan. Um, right. they're, they're like, they, they use us.
1: Mm-hmm. They, they
3: use us for a lot of uh, the, the propaganda that they push because they know that with us being in a servile mind state that we always have been for a while now, they know it's easy to manipulate us because everything that we do is based on emotions and never rational uh, uh, logic anyway. It's always right. based on emotion. So they can manipulate you into doing anything. Just like they can, just like they've manipulated a lot of African Americans to hate Trump through the Democratic Party, because if they're giving you something like we know now, the Democratic Party has always been a hiding hand behind the failures of American blacks for a long time by creating certain programs. Not to say that they're not they're not uh, needing, but they are creating these programs that was pretty much stagger. The growth in our uh, our economic development, uh, it's, it's almost kind of like you're baiting us to be poor, and then when we become poor, then we become the reason for the non-growth in the country or the progression in the country. So we become the poster child for why the country is set back, and that's not fair. But again, African Americans don't look at the they don't they never look at who's throwing the rock. They're looking at the after effect of where the rock was being thrown at. And oh, yeah. they'll they'll even go so mm-hmm. far as to blame the person who's in the building where the rock was thrown at. See, if you weren't in the building, then the rock would have never got thrown at you.
1: Or the window would have never
3: had a busted window. But you're not looking okay. at who, throw the, who threw the rock at the window. Uh-huh. Hey, you know what? You know? And that's crazy because, look, check this out. Now, I know most of y'all brothers used to watch, um, um, Call that darn show. Um, that come on TV. That come on. Uh, that Duck swim That cartoon everybody used to love watching. Is uh, to my granddaddy. I can't remember the name right now. Oh, you talking about the Boondocks? Boondock Exactly. Cause I don't watch it no more. Cause it's, I, I just don't have time for it now. But anywho, there was an episode where Granddaddy was speaking to his grandchildren about the time he used to uh, be involved in marching, and so. He went back home and got an umbrella. He went back home and got his raincoat. And the people got upset. Like, what, what, what's up with you, man? What, you ain't down with the struggle? He's like, what struggle? This, this, thing ain't got nothing to do with me. He said, like, man, I, I just come out and see what's going on. So they got upset because he wasn't down with throwing the rocks. And he told them, he's like, look, he said, well, if the rock been thrown. I don't know where it been thrown from. So why am I getting involved with this? They got up there. Right. They try to kill him.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, wow. that's crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. See, so this show that you man, team, these are things
3: that that you know, these are things that people are still going through. But you know, it's like Brother Priest said last night. It's not. It's not a physical thing. It's a mental thing. Yeah. We got to get our people out of this emotion. But that's what television does. It tells you a vision. It tells you what you want to hear. Yeah. That's all it is. The news broadcasters from 1940s to 1950s. They always been paid actors to tell lies. Because you yeah. know the average person's not gonna go out there
2: and research it for themselves. So they'll take word of value.
3: Hmm. Man, oh man, this is insane. You know, I'll, I was just curious as to what everybody thoughts were as to why the hate from African Americans is so great when it comes to Trump, who uh, not a couple of days ago, uh, well, a couple, maybe like a week ago, he signed the HBCU bill, and most people are still, uh, even the HBCU presidents, at least some of them, one of them spoke out. It was Morehouse College. Spoke out and said that they were not pleased with the executive order. The HBc U uh, bill said that because it moved the initiative. All it did was move the init- the initiative from the Department of Education or something like that. I can't remember exactly who's initially in charge of it, but it moved it from there to basically under the uh, presidential thumb. Basically, it moved move it uh, as an initiative of the president now, which I'm thinking okay, so what's the big deal? Because I guess now maybe he can make sure that – well, he's taking it out of the hands of uh, of the private agencies, and now he's basically making it a – I guess you could say a direct federal issue. I guess you can look at it that way because now it's not – you don't have to worry about uh, maybe, I guess you can say, kids – Uh, going to college and taking out these extremely enormous student loans and never being able to pay them back. And then the private agencies are the ones who are collecting top dollars from uh, students going to college and never paying back these loans. Whereas in, you know, and most of the HBCUs are failing. uh, Well, they're not failing, but, you know, uh, we have a, uh, a lot of HBCUs in the country that, are creating this type of phenomenon where kids are going to school and not paying off these student loans. White folks are just as worse. Some of them got like ninety, hundred, hundred and ten thousand dollars $110,000 worth of student loan debt. They, don't ne- they probably will never be able to pay back. Um, right. But what the Trump uh, administration decided to do, because uh, I think Obama, he he took some money off the table uh, to help HBCUs, but Trump is now putting up money. I think he's putting up $30 billion or something like that towards the uh, HBCU initiative. Um, I haven't necessarily read the executive order as a whole, but I'm going to look into it some more. But that's the little that I was able to pick up during certain conversations that I watched during like certain hearings that he gave. Um, and I just wanted to throw that... Oh, and before I... Uh, uh, yield um octi uh, nisha who's known in the uh newsroom as freelance she posted a list of executive orders that or a list of bills that's being brought in or introduced into congress as we speak one of the bills happens to be uh a bill to get rid of the department of education they're trying to get rid of it by 2018 I want to know oh. what everybody's
1: thoughts on <laughs> yeah, get rid of
2: that. <laughs> Who, who's, uh, who's putting the bill in? Who's promoting
3: this bill? Um, brother, you got me on that one because I I honestly didn't. Now that I don't know because okay, it didn't. Well, I didn't up. necessarily say it was just being introduced. I don't necessarily know who's putting it in.
1: So they're introduced you, to the, sorry, well, it's not
3: the same thing as being passed, brother, it's just being introduced to the floor. It's right. But it's to always, to
1: the bill. it's always
3: good to look up who's origi- who's originating it.
2: Right. If you look at, got, the, you
3: know, the printed trail of where it's coming from.
2: Right. Who's well, sponsoring
3: it, who's, you know, who's actually, um, who's, uh, who's actually who's pushing endorsing this agenda, it. Right. You could always follow back. I'm going to make sure yeah, I that cuz when, when I post cuz when I looked it up all they had was it's in the introduction phase um I didn't see too much about or I, I maybe I overlooked it but I didn't see exactly where it stated who brought it to the floor All but then, I noticed is that it was being introduced into uh introduced uh on the floor so it's in, in the introduction phase and that's just pretty much all I saw It was like one I, sentence that uh they're trying to get rid of Department uh, Education. That's it. Yeah, I'm reading. I'm reading an article right now. For what I'm understanding, it says Ted
1: Cruz. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it says Sorry. Cruz. <laughs> yeah. That's funny, man. Uh, Ted, Cruz. Ted Cruz. What are the odds? There's uh here cool. said uh, during
3: the Republican presidential primary debate Tuesday night. Senator uh, Ted Cruz become the second national pol- politician from Texas to disclaim the, the Department of Education Department so much that he couldn't
2: even remember his name. Huh? Hey. Hmm. Interesting. And he's also speaking about eliminating the IRS, the Department of Commerce, Department Who's
3: of... Ted Cruz?
2: Huh?
3: He, Ted Cruz is talking about this? Yeah. Oh, really? That's interesting. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see him try. I mean, considering yeah, the
2: school I, uh, I mean, we all know basically these these children
3: are not learning anything in school anyway. All they can true. prep for is being next in line to be this corporation's plantation slaves.
1: Right. We, know this. we
3: know they're not really learning anything. What we're learning about economics and trust and and derivatives and all this cool stuff. They're yeah. not learning about how to protect their assets and deal with their estate. They're learning how to go out there and work for 40, 50 years, die young, get massive back your estate. That's it they are learn that cuz even when you're in grade school you learn I mean they pretty much they pretty much put you in the uh uh hypnotism phase they get you with uh-huh. the uh spelling and the curse words and uh-huh. uh then they get you in the the next phase where they teach you how uh they they teach you the lie the whole lies and then uh-huh. once they Uh, I guess you can say, get you in like uh, high school and college and whatever else. Then now they try to prep you to be able to apply those lies. You see what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? Um, And so now you basically have taught your, you basically are teaching the child how to be backwards (laughs) in nature. And, that becomes a problem because the child doesn't know anything about himself. He doesn't know anything about the real world that we live in. He knows fairy tale. The real world we live in, as we learn now, we live in a world that deals strictly with commerce and government and law and, and ed, you know, that has education, history, uh, uh, spirituality. Uh, I, I think that a lot of people, you know, get caught up in the idea of spirituality Uh, It's something that they necessarily have to believe in. And, you know, what they end up doing is developing their own ego. At this particular point, that's what the school systems end up uh, teaching them how to do. Their spirituality is their ego because their ego is what's dictating their whole life. It's nothing of any substance. There's no truth to it. It just is. And it doesn't – and the only way it survives is if you keep believing that that is how the world operates according to you. Aside from that, now we have the Department of Education. They're talking about getting it off the table. I brought this attention to my mother. Uh, I didn't bring it to my sisters in them yet, but it was a conversation that, you know, we had amongst ourselves. And I was saying to myself, you know, now um, maybe – if the, uh, I I guess you can say what will happen is now it will be the state's responsibility for the school if they're removing uh, the Department of Education? Because isn't that like a federal agency? Uh, Guess what? I I found it. It's uh, Kentuckian
2: Representative Thomas Macy.
3: Thomas Macy? Who is that?
2: Yeah. So when it's Thomas Macy, the a Kentucky, Kentucky Representative
3: Republican. Um, Thomas Massey. And oh, the Thomas. One, Yeah, he was the one speaking about terminating the uh, Board of Education uh, by uh, December 31st, uh, 2018. Wow, okay. I the found board an article on the website called The Hill. Hmm. Okay. So it's not the Department of Education, it's the Board of Education, or are they the same thing, or are they extremely different? Well, this is Talking about the Department of Education, so it's all one. But I mean, you know, you're talking about the, the Shell Corporation, you know, and within the organization, within the municipal corporation and stuff of the uh, of the Shell part. So
2: okay,
3: but, I got yeah, a question. But that's what it's saying right here, the Department of Education. So I'm trying to remember because. I I'm trying to remember is the Department of Education a uh it's a federal uh functionary or is it a state functionary? It's federal. It's federal. Okay, yeah. so now if you so if you remove the Department of Education, which is a federal agency, now it becomes state responsibility for how they, you know, basically uh, uh how the schools are mandated, how they're funded. And nine times out of ten, I'm just gonna be real, and and I think we all at some point are gonna agree with this because we know that a lot of property owners at this particular time
1: mm-hmm.
3: seem to be white people. So they're gonna, yeah. you know, they're paying taxes on their homes. Maybe a mm-hmm. I guess now the times are turning because a lot of them gonna keep paying the property taxes.
1: <laughs> so,
3: but that those property taxes, uh you know, they produce the Avalorum tax, which is used to fund the schools and uh-huh. those schools that are predominantly, you know, uh, white, you know, they're going to, I guess you can say have more money and they can, you know, better educate their, you know, students. But you have the schools that are predominantly black. Maybe they'll phase out. And is going to put uh so-called African-Americans in a rut because number one, they're not getting enough funding. But number two, If the school was to collapse, the African-American mothers and fathers, they don't want to educate their kids. They don't have time now. They don't have time to do any of these things, so those kids are stuck in a rut because now you don't have anybody to educate them. (laughs) Then you don't have a place to educate them Um, unless you're going to board, you know, uh, know, port your kids all the way across town just to go to a decent school. Uh, But, you know, there's still zoning laws that apply like if you don't live in that area you can't go to that school so a lot of African American kids may suffer but again this is what happens when we have a situation where the kids don't want to go to school and they don't want to learn so you know that saying used to be when we used to tell those kids when we used to tell I tell my niece and nephew all the time get your education you know make sure you sit in that class and listen as much as you possibly can take what's reasonable out for what you know for your development, because when education is not free anymore, no. then you are going to suffer. But of course, you know there are people like myself, Azim, and any uh, parent on here, and uh, mother and uh, father who is being proud to educate their kids. You know this is where we may be able to possibly step in. We can be able to uh, educate our own kids what we are gonna educate our own kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's the beautiful thing about us being yeah, operational. Yeah, right you
1: definitely. know
3: but um yeah this is the most high he's setting everything up for yeah. us right now. So once they collapse we're gonna have a position where we're gonna be able to educate our children ourselves. That's right. And I'm pretty so, sure it's way much better than being under this society now. I'm developing. The only thing now in school is how to be broke. <laughs> <laughs>
1: to
3: work, work for me for forty years, and I'll give you a half an acre. I might give you a quarter acre and, and a mule. And also, if you and, <laughs> and you might get a pension, depending on what type of job you get. That's so, right. Though, so, like over here in in in, in uh. Over here in Canada, uh, like we uh, all laws work over here. Like we all laws actually get made in Canada. Um, the problems looked upon, then the problems passed on to to be dis- is passed on by uh, governmental like governmental officers onto the cabinet, and then the cabinet then passes it on to parliament, and parliament then passes it on to uh, the, the cabinet then passes it on to Parliament as a proposed
2: bill, and then the bill the bill is passed on from Parliament. Um, once it's agreed upon by the
3: like the, the the members of Parliament, the Senate, as well as the govern the general the
2: Governor General, and the Governor General is like the last one to pretty much. Uh, in Canada to pretty much make it law because he's like the agent for, uh, he's like the agent of uh, the Queen, you know. Um, so, like, that's like the final step, you know, once it leaves Parliament, that's like the final step before it actually becomes law. Um, yeah, uh, how does the process, like, how, can someone, like, kind of just give me a quick run down how the process works over and
3: in the States? I know y'all have the upper chamber and lower chamber and upper house, I mean, lower house and stuff like that. But, uh, what are uh, you talking uh,
2: about our government? Yeah, like how the laws be passed. Like what's the different kind of portals?
3: Oh, he's has- talking about basically how a law becomes, uh, how a bill becomes law and all the other different stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, I can tell you uh, Schoolhouse Rock is still on cassette video. And if you catch it now for a decent price you can learn as much as you want.
2: <laughs> i just being funny brother. Oh. Um
1: <laughs> No no I no, no, <laughs> say, let me say the reason why I say that because
3: I, I um the re- like I know this what this law that we talk talking about right now, or or this
1: excuse me, this
3: proposed this introductory to be proposed law. That we're talking about right now is only on a face value it's only something that they're thinking about that they're trying to introduce so that they have society um so that they have those who are of high ranking in society to then bring it to the effect of yay or nay you know so uh, mm-hmm. I'm just trying to like if you know like if nobody knows then I hear what you're saying like you know I hear what you're saying, and like, I heard what you're saying, but I was just being funny. Um, please forgive me as I can only just remember bits and parts of it. I know I'm a political science major, but I can only remember bits and parts of it. Um, it enters the, uh, it enters the floor. Congress debates on it. Uh, they need a certain amount of votes. And then once they basically vote on it, then it basically, uh, goes to the president for his, I guess you could say confirmation. If he doesn't agree, then it has to go back to the floor and they have to vote amongst themselves again. And then basically once it, you know, they can come to some type of consensus, then it basically goes to the president again for, um, uh, I guess you could say, like a signing on it, basically. And then after he signs it, then it becomes a law. But it must be brought in as a bill. I'll give you the perfect – I basically can sum it up for you, brother. It's really no different than court is basically you have somebody petitioning for some you know petitioning to do something or not do something um and they deliberate it amongst the uh, the senators and the republicans uh, the senators and the representatives of them sorry and then you know once they deliberate it over it it goes to get signed off on by the president and then boom they carry it out uh but of course in the midst of it they have to figure out how these laws are going to get funded because in order for them to function, they have to have consideration behind it. They have to have the money to be, you know, they have to basically be endorsed, which is what brother Gavin basically asked when we first came on. uh, when I first brought it up, who's endorsing it? Who's, who's putting money behind, uh, this at first, who's the name on the bill? And uh, it was uh, Azim who said, I think it was Thomas Mackey or Thomas Macy. Macy. Is Tom, so it's pronounced Macy? Uh, yeah, M-A-S-S-I Macy. Oh, it's Macy. Okay. I don't know why I thought you said Mackey. Well, I thought it was Mackey, but it's just phonetic, different phonetic spelling. I got you, bro. So it's Thomas Macy. So Thomas Macy is the one who's bringing and pitching the idea. Um, I guess we can see how far this goes. And, you know, um, I got a feeling that somehow eventually it may they may try to abort the uh, idea of doing it, and it may eventually become part of, like, some ominous bill. I I got a feeling eventually it may end up becoming that uh, or being a part of that. Because that's the only way I can th- – think that they would pass something like that to get rid of the Department of Education. Um, that's thing I can think of. But other than that, we'll see how that goes. And there's something else that's going on. There was an article that was just talked about, about like, you know, Trump is going through like this tax, this whole tax uh, evaluation thing, where he's like talking about these different tax reforms. Where well they're talking about in this particular article how Trump is going to um, hold on. Damn.
2: They're talking about how Trump is going to. Give me a sec. Uh oh. Where is it? Hold on. No. Damn it. Okay.
3: So I have to play by eye, because I'm by memory 'cause I I obviously lost the page. So basically in the article it was talking about how uh Texas they may, may basically or they were basically talking about the biggest transference of wealth in history. 'Cause what uh what was alleged was that Trump is going to basically be placing uh taxation for Um, or for corporations who purchase uh, or who import things or use goods that are outside of American jurisdiction. And saying that a lot of, I guess the article was implying that Texas has a lot of corporations that purchase foreign products or whatever it is. I mean, we purchase a lot of, uh, America itself purchase a lot of foreign products. But Texas, uh, you know, they were saying that They may end up paying a large, uh, uh, I guess you could say a percentage of uh, taxes because their corporations are uh, importing products or buying products or using products, uh, mainly which are foreign. I mean, I, I guess that's a big major deal or whatever, but... From like I I wanted to ask this question and I'm I don't I don't you know I could be wrong, but is Texas I've heard this before. Texas is Texas its own country. Does any has anybody heard yeah. that?
1: Yes, I, um, I, um,
3: Texas is a sovereign state. They they don't they don't have no form of um dealing outside of that state. It, it's supposed to be a um. A, a separate um, uh, country, like like California. California is also a separate, um, a separate for, foreign state from United States. So, but it acts as, but in all, but in all theory or in all actuality, it acts yeah. as a commonwealth territory, so to speak, because it's yeah. it's a foreign state, but it is attached to the federal uh, to the federal government. You understand what I'm saying? So it acts con- kind of like a commonwealth.
1: Yeah.
3: Oh, wow. That's really interesting. I only heard that because I remember a uh, comedian, what's that guy's name? Uh, Eddie Griffin. He's, he, he put it in the form of a joke, but he was talking about how Texas was his own country or something like that. And I was just trying to bring, and I brought this up, only because I'm trying to figure out exactly how this, how the taxation would work against Texas uh, if it is a, is basically kind of like a, you know, um, a commonwealth. It has its own little jurisdiction. Shalom, brother uh, Cedric. Yes, my mother had just called me, and I, I, I flipped over the phone. And the last thing I heard was. Uh, I think Brother Andrew was asking about how a bill becomes a law, the steps. Did Did anyone answer it? Uh, yeah, I did. And I was telling him, I basically, from what I actually remember, I was telling him that once he hits the floor, uh, Congress basically deliberates on it. And then once they deliberate and vote on it, then it basically goes to the president for any, you know, further consideration. And if he doesn't uh, agree with the, you know, the bill or whatever, then he vetoes it. So then it goes back to Congress, you know, for further deliberation, and then they have to basically, you know, vote on it some more. Uh, Maybe I'm not sure the extension of it, uh, but I know that it finally, once they can come to any further uh, alterations to it, it would then go back to the president for him to sign, and then once he signs it, then it becomes a law. Um, right. But okay. somebody I, must first, but it has, but they also have to consider who's funding it, because every law has to be right. funded. Which is I why I, I was saying that when you had brought it up, when I had brought it up and you asked, well, who's endorsing it?
1: You see what I'm right. saying? Right. And
3: Akazine uh, had said that it was Thomas Mac- Massey or Mason, mm. who uh, was the one who was endorsing it. So right. we'll
5: see how
3: it goes from here on out. Because you know, with somebody introducing a bill like that into you know Congress, um, I'm pretty sure it's gonna it's it's going to really uh, spark some feelings. Let me just say it that way. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's gonna go through. I think the only way it could ever really go through is through an ominous bill, because at least with an ominous bill, if you're going to accept one part of it, you got to accept all of it. So uh, that's the only way I could ever really see something like that pass unless they really all say, hey, we really don't need a Department of Education. Um, we don't need to really be wasting federal money on trying to regulate uh, public schools that nobody wants to go to. So
1: we right. You know. But see, Winfrey. I'm going to tell,
2: tell you something.
1: Once you understanding
2: about business models, how communities are supposed to communicate with schools, then you will see why our communities are imaging
3: because we are not performing our duties to our commu- alleged community as a group body. Because, say, say for instance, the way the the uh the Europeans are dealing with their so their schools, they have associations. You about the parents the PTAs? Huh? You talking about the PTAs, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, the PTAs, all of them. They PTAs. have all those different associations. So a majority of the assets that come out of their community goes into those organizations. So when they're dealing like that, and they're coming to our community, and they're like, tell little Tommy, go out there and sell us some cookies. Little Tommy, go out there and sell some cookies and bring back the money. But what little Tommy don't understand is not the
2: money. The school is an escrow. That's what school is. A school is an escrow. Mm-hmm. And all it does
3: is transfer assets from one side of the ledger to the other side of the ledger. That's all it does. But when our schools are not communicating with our community as a business model,
2: all the assets leaks out from us and goes to them. Oh. Because cool. they're, they're dealing everything based on Account receivable we'll deal we're
3: dealing with them as cash Receivable you got to break that down brother cuz we still got folks in nucleus. You got to let them know what you mean Okay, it's like this We're we're contracting we're going to buy this house and you come to me like I want to I want to check this out You know it might be a good deal
2: Once we sit down and we do this deal on this house I give you the full disclosure, how you need to perform on
1: this Mm -hmm. contract.
3: But if you do not understand how to read that disclosure, everything else went out the door. That's right. So basically I'm asking you, you remember when we first came to learning about this stuff and brother Priest had that audio, he's like, I give you this rock. All I'm asking you is you giving me this rock right back. That's all I'm asking you. Right. I'm not asking anything else but what I gave you for fair
2: value. So what they're doing, they're giving us assets from their ledger. They're giving us assets from their account. But we're not giving them anything back but cash receivable. Because mm. when you come into our community, we don't have nothing
3: in trust. We don't have our cars, our houses, nothing in trust. When you go yep. to the youth community, everything they have is in trust. Yep. And, and you know what? I'm at, 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 least that, at least that is presumed to be that way, brother. Yep. Um, and uh, let me interject for just a second, and yep. I'm going to tell you why. Uh-huh. I think it was – uh, it, I think it was Ema who mentioned okay. it, said that – oh, gosh – Never mind, brother. I'm trying to remember it and, and it just slipped my mind. Never mind. I I have to come back to that.
1: And it was, it was something
3: that she had said in regards to the usage of trust in the United States, but it, I can't remember exactly how she uh, stated hey. it. I'll come back. Hey, y'all. Uh, yes. Excuse me for intruding again. <laughs> may May I introduce back the discussion on how a bill becomes a law? Hold, hold that thought, because I wanted our cuisine to okay, finish what he
1: was saying. Sure.
3: Okay, now, I'm going to go to another
2: point, and I'm going to okay. go to the Remember the movie Raising in the Sun? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I remember
3: that movie with uh okay. with Pub Daddy. Nah, not the one with Pub Daddy, with um, Sitting in Port State.
2: Okay, okay yeah. That was uh, original with What's the legal man's name? Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier, yeah, 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 good actor. Okay,
3: in that movie, when the European came to their house and he told them, Why do you want to go to a place where you're not wanted? Now, may I exercise this? Because when he first came into the house, he
2: gave them his card. He was telling them, I'm a representative. Are not able to come in as
3: a business model, and so if we if we allow you in, what you're going to do, you're going to kill all our assets out because you're coming in, but you're not bringing nothing with you that we can use. Because you got to remember now, these Europeans they have associations and they have assets in their communities. So when you have an outsider come in and have nothing, they're bringing to the table.
1: mhm
3: Therefore, everything is going out and nothing's coming in. And that's what I, I had to watch that movie at least, I don't know how many times, but I know the last time I watched it, and the, and the European said it so plainly. He said, you're not understanding what I'm telling you. We don't have nothing against you people, but the way that you're performing your duties on these contracts to want to move in our community is not
2: feasible. If you huh. come into our community as individual, a, A.K.A. Negro, African American, we
3: don't we don't understand who you are. What is your business? What is your political status? That's what he was asking them. He never said hey, about
1: hate.
2: He hey, only hey, asked them, "What is your political status? What can we get from you that you want from us? What can you exchange with us?" that we all can use. Hey, um, right. I know, I know, uh, I know Mark Gavin's going to speak, but I'm just going to, it sounds, it sounds,
1: as, I'm just going to say something quickly.
3: It's, yeah. it, sounds, um, it sounds a lot like uh, when Hillary Clinton was talking to the guy about Black Lives Matter. Right. I, I it, remember I that.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly yes. what he's talking about. They, they,
3: they were talking about race, skin colors, and being crayons when she was telling them, if you if you don't understand, it's all politics. It's political. If you don't have a status, if you don't have nothing to offer me that I can use to help you, then we could come back 10 years from now and we can play this game all over again.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
3: Man. So you notice when she, she said. I will go to the white people, cause she know white. There is no such thing as white people. It's a status, and that's why she said it like that. It slapped me, cause I'm like, whoa. She understands There is no such thing as white people. Well, she was saying, it's a political status. I will go to the white people and explain them. You're you're mentally in, insufficient to understand what policies are, and you're looking yeah. at everything as a. As a uh, as an emotional thing that someone has to do something for you when you need to do it for yourself.
1: Yeah. Amen to that. I I, I
3: <laughs> you right, bro. So so right. Ho ho. Well, uh, Gavin, are you still present, brother? Yes, sir. I wanted you to go ahead, if you if you may. Um you had something you had wanted to share, brother, and I wanted to give you a time to speak. Thank you, sir. Yes. Uh I just wanted to go into the details of the uh the steps of the bill.
1: Before yes sir, go. Ahead, bro.
3: So you know, like the brother said, um uh, before it goes to the floor, the house or the floor, uh let's let's take a step back. You know, first of all the bill is drafted. So there's members of the Congress and there's the executive branch and even outside groups can draft a bill. So there's always special interests is where I'm really trying to get at. Even when a bill is being drafted in it's birth. So they don't have to be a part of the executive branch. Right. So you know who are these lo- people? These are lobbyists. These are people who are interested to the idea of the bill to be created
2: to, to push a law. Yep.
1: To, to rule yep. that land.
2: So who are these people?
3: Where they work at? Where they come from? What state are they? What money do they have at the Do they have any, you know, ties to trusts? Do they have ties to banking,
2: investors, developers? Was going to come and develop the city or the city, the state. That's why this guy was hired. Mm-hmm.
3: That's what I, I was just trying to drive that home with the bill that becomes a law. Right. So, you know, in that original, in that, in that birth, it's a,
2: it's, it's then presented, you know, introduced to the house, and only members can introduce bills.
1: So, whoever okay, member of buddy? the
2: House, huh? You said only who can introduce bills? Only members of
3: the House of Representatives can introduce the bill,
2: okay, but members of Congress, the executive branch and
3: even outside groups can draft it. <laughs>
2: Well, it's
1: all about who, who
3: originate the bills. It's not really about who pushes the, you know. Oh, I, well, I, I, I follow where you're going at brother. I, yeah. I um, follow where you're going at. That's no different than saying, well, where did the case arise? Where, where, like, it's almost like asking who was the injured party? Who, who was part of the petition? Where did right. the case for the, where did the cause for the petition uh, originate? You know, what's the original uh jurisdiction that, uh, um, Uh, uh, the petition or the uh complaint, so to speak. So, Uh I understand what you're saying. Who are these people that are lobbying this bill? Well, then that means you'd have to do some research on who Thomas Macy or Massey is actually (laughs) in cahoots with, right? Exactly,
1: that's right. You gotta alone instead instead of it being uh, uh. what what you call it? What's the
2: word? The, the phrase, um, a ghetto phantom, or like something that,
3: the, you know, a mystery story that's always talked about. Oh yeah, so, you know, okay, I got what you're saying. I forgot what it's. <laughs> I think I'm saying it wrong. What is What's the phrase? How you say it again? Uh,
2: you know, uh, it'll come to me. But you know, what I'm trying to get at is, you know, we always uh. Um, what do you call it? Identified. They want to do this, and they want to do that to us, and they want to take away our rights. Who is they? Mm-hmm. Who are we talking about?
3: Right.
2: You know, we got to stop pointing fingers. If I just did
3: it myself, we, 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 who? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, I want to say whether you're a so-called African American or so-called. You know, so-called white American, you know, uh, Caucasian American, or whatever nationality you want to put before American, you know, you have to stop pointing the finger at in they, 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 and follow the paper trail to understand what's really going on. And
1: then right. you got
3: the people who don't even want to do that. They say, oh, as long as I'm, no one bothers me, I'm not worried about that, you know, uh, Jesus is real, God will take me home sooner in a better place, you know. <laughs> You got those mentality people, you know. So that's why nothing is
2: really being done. But these people who are being funded
3: by outsiders to be called a, a Black Lives Matters movement, you know? and that's how we keep we keep rolling into these wannabe groups, you know, wannabe power, uh, black power groups, or wannabe uh, liberative, a uh, liberation type of group. Whether you are of that ethnic group or not, it causes more confusion. But anyway, back to the bill. You know, then it's sent to a committee. You know, after the uh, it's introduced to the House.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: And the the committee,
2: uh, the Speaker of the House sends it to the to this committee, right? But who where who, who's involved with this committee? Doesn't really
1: explain
3: it. Like who is a part of the committee, and this is where most of the bills die in this committee. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or it could it could be amended or voted on. Uh, if bill passes, it, you know, then it goes to um, to the rules committee. But who's a member of the rules committee now? <laughs> you know, these and 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 it, and it decides the rules. This committee you know, decides the rules for debate and when the bill will come up for debate. So you know, whoever's on the rules committee uh has the power to say even if we could talk about it or debate about it or not.
2: So you know even before that it could die
3: through this committee that's chosen by this, the uh the House uh speaker who sends that to the that this so called committee. That has no, there's no title to this committee. Like I just said, the rules committee is a, a whole different organized group body of people. But who who sits on these rules committee? These are the questions that we should really start questioning. And then you start seeing the people, you know, the key people like uh, what's his name, uh, uh, like Kissin- Kissinger, right?
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
3: You know, he sits on a lot of seats. Especially at this age that he's at. Right. You know, and you gotta, if you follow his roots, where he came from, originally in politics, the way he started, you know, you see why he's able to hold these seats. You know, people who were uh, selling out the country before are now political (laughs) directors or working for some sort of big pharmaceutical company or a drug company or, you know, they're on the way on certain committees that are making these decisions. you uh-huh. will never know
1: nope.
3: until you follow and watch what they're doing. But anyway, back to the, you know, the, the, the flow. Uh, once it's on the floor, you know, once it goes to the rules committee, um, we call it uh the House debates the bill on the floor, and um once it hits the floor, like you said, and you could add amended you know rules to the to that to that bill if the majority votes in favor of the bill, it goes to the Senate, so once it's introduced to Senators, um the bill is sent to another committee, <laughs> so who's on that committee now? The question again: Committee action, same procedure as in the House. Committee, you know, uh, the ma- ma- the majority of the committee votes for the bill. Then this one, it goes to the whole Senate from the committee of the Senate, from the committee of the House. I'm sorry, from the committee, which is the committee action, which is the committee uh, of the Senate. Once they vote on it then that's when it goes to the House,
1: the the whole Senate. So
2: the bill then is called up. The majority floor leader
1: decides when the whole Senate will consider the bill. Right? And the bill is debated and amends
3: may be added. If a majority vote in favor of the bill, it
2: is then returned to the House. So, the, you know, this is not just being... Lobbied by one set
3: of the house it goes to the, you know it goes from the house to the
1: to the uh, senate
3: back to the house but then you got all of these different committees that are even allowing it to you know go as far as it as far as it before it even reached to the floor back to the floor of the house to be debated on. So now the conference committee comes in um, and it says, if the House rejects any of the changes, the bill goes to a conference committee, which is members from both houses, and then they work out a compromise and then then the vote vote on compromise, both houses must approve changes made by the conference committee. If approved, the bill goes to the president. That's when it goes to the president. Then the president may sign it or veto it. If approved, then it becomes a law, right? And then you—it could be over, The vote can be override, like you said. If the president vetoes it, it can still become law if two thirds of both houses vote to override the veto. So I just wanted to connect the dots between the intricates of these different committees that come in and have that big influence on the bill becoming a law. Because even before it's it hits the uh, the floor, you know, I said earlier it's been drafted by some by by members of Congress, the executive branch, and even outside groups, which. First of all, we got to find us out. Who are these outside groups? And who are these other, these other committee members, you know, when it comes into the um, introduced-to-the-house and, the, and, the, and, you know, after it's so-called drafted? we got to follow these paper trails is my
1: biggest thing,
3: is why I wanted to reiterate this whole how the bill becomes a law. Because, you know... Before it leaves the house and and hits the president's office, you got a whole bunch of committee members that are looking at it and and rearranging it and, and twerking it, and it's supposed to affect the whole nation and enforced by lawmakers or law enforcers, which is either the police department, you know, the legal system, as in lawyers that follow the laws or the lawgivers that who are is coming from the judicial court or the Supreme Court, um, uh, or the Circuit Courts that that you, you could appeal it, but they are administering these laws that are coming out of the uh, the president's office, and all this time the president is
2: not not in, in these meetings with the Congress or the Senate to change it. So,
3: how much influence and who is it? Who is his influence? Who's the architect of his brain or her brain that becomes president when he's when they decide to put their their signature on it?
1: huh.
3: Because I don't uh-huh. think he's reading every line for line for line, for line before he signs it. I mean, well, nine times out of ten, brother, I don't think I could agree. I'm pretty sure he's not. <laughs> he probably is getting, like, a, I'm pretty sure, like, they do, like, a synopsis or a review of the bill, and then he just go out to review. Because there ain't no way you can sit there and read that 13, 14, 15, or however many pages the petition is um, or whatever the bill is. You know, I don't – I mean, but then again, some people do, you know. Um but then again, I mean, I'm pretty sure they have to adopt some type of speedy uh, process, you know. So, you know, however they do it, they get it done. But the, you know, it's good that you asked that uh, Gavin asked the question, who, you know, who's responsible for behind, behind each and every one of these functionaries um, that participate in the process of how a bill becomes a law. And when we get to that particular point, um, you know, when we, then when we do get to that particular point of understanding that, then we can understand why, you know, we see so many of the different things that goes on in, you know, politics. And, you know, I guess they can say uh, we see the different policies that are being passed before our eyes or before our eyes, but we don't see them because we don't understand them. Um, I do want to keep in mind, everybody, that it is 41 minutes after 9. Uh, we'll be in and at uh, 10. But I want to give anybody a chance to respond to what Brother uh, Gavin made mention of because it was some very insightful information. Um, I tried to give a more con- uh, a condensed version of it without being too long winded. But I think at the end of the day, it was much needed because a lot of people are not aware of the American. Uh, 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 system when it comes to how a bill gets passed uh it's it is complex because it's like you know they have to go through all of this you know deliberation in order to get something passed, but I mean you know it, nothing can just get passed because everybody might not agree on the same you know thing, so it's much needed but whatever however they you know speed up the machine for getting things done cool, you know. But if
2: anybody has anything they want to share, just speak your name, and uh, you have the floor. Shalom. This is Brother Gavin. I just want to mention. Yes, sir. Has has anyone ever seen the movie Sicko, that documentary made by that guy, Michael, What's his name? Michael
3: uh, Moore, I think his name. What's He's it
2: called?
3: The... Sicko. When he did it, it was like back in two thousand seven. When he did it, it's called Sicko. Um,
2: yes. <laughs> I, how do you
3: spell it? Oh, Sicko.
1: S-I-C-O.
3: Yeah. No, I've never heard of that. That you just it was wrote. a documentary. <laughs> Yeah, it was a documentary by that guy Michael Moore. You know that guy who always doing Columbine. Yeah, doing? I, I know who you're talking about. I just never heard of it. Sickle.
1: Yeah, you guys. i good. just hearing yeah. about it. What
3: is it about? It, it. It. He breaks down. You know the the whole health and the uh, medical. I want to say the the health administration department in the United States and how it's being run and how they created. Um, what do you call it? What's that? Um, I forgot that uh, thing we have in the United States. I was trying to, I was trying to pull it up right now and get, zoom into that specific thing they created. Our, oh, HMO. When you do HMO, you know the the, the the HMO plan that we have in America. I mean, in the United States. I'm not familiar with HMO. What's that? I think it's the Health Management Organization.
2: Yeah. Oh, I've never heard of it. Yeah, HMO. Right. You familiar with it, brother? Yes, yeah, sir.
3: You remember when he created it? Uh, the United States pushed the bill to, to legislate it, to, to pass the bill with. This was during Nixon days. Mhm. Uh-huh. Well, the whole point of it is, in sickle, there's a magnetic tape that was. I don't know how they do it in the White House, but they have tapes of everything going on. And they, they recorded the session between him and uh, one of the guys that was introducing the idea to him for him to pass that as a bill to change how they manage, you know, the health administration in the United States or how they administer, you know, giving meds and taking on patients. But it was said, in a, I don't want to summarize it,
1: in a bad way that's
3: why I wanted to pay play the clip because it, it 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 it's more meaningful when you hear it uh uh-huh. but you could hear them talking like you know basically the human humans are like cattle, and you know the way they were saying it like <laughs> um, specifically saying we're going to make them think that they're being cured, but they're not i mean this is this guy's literally saying that to President Nixon. You know, he said, because cause Nixon is asking, you know, how is this going to be beneficial to us, the United States? How is that going to be beneficial if we push this bill? Hey, um, I did, I did put, a <clears throat> uh, few years back, I did put in the Obamacare Act in the university website also. Okay. Yeah, so if you go through there, and I got quite a few other things in there too, but I did saw it today about the Obamacare Act. I posted this about
1: three years ago. Three years ago. Okay. Uh-huh.
2: Well, my whole point is that uh, relating to that bill, when you
3: see there's a part of it, there's another part of there when you show was it Bush Junior,
2: the second Bush?
3: Uh-huh. Uh huh. Now he wasn't really a junior, but the second bush uh who prayed president um uh, the the time that he was in office, he was signing a whole bunch of health bills they were showing you, and every person who came walking up every that was a part of the consignment of that bill they kept they they were pointing an arrow to you know showing how much money they made off of that bill,
1: <laughs> literally
3: in the movie, so as Michael Moore had those people coming up to the podium clapping. Yeah, acting. They, sh- they kept showing an arrow following their head and how much money they made after the bill was passed, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm, saying. I'm trying to say. that You got to follow the money. There's a paper trail mm-hmm. behind all of that. Yeah. Um, why are they passing these bills? Why they, you know, who are the influence behind it?
2: You know, but just, I just wanted to say that before I move on with that, you know. Sorry, brothers. I just got um. I uh, uh,
3: uh Robert on the uh, other end. Um, mm-hmm. I just got back on because I didn't hear exactly what was being said.
1: Oh, okay. Was,
3: I was just basically saying about um, when it comes to Nixon when he was uh, introduced to the uh, the H. You know how to push the HMO idea to the public. Right. Him and the um the gentleman, I don't remember the name of the guy, you know, they were basically talking to each other like, you know, humans as like pushing them into this program as like cattle.
1: Mm-hmm. You
3: know, saying, "Okay, we could, you know, make them believe we I mean, we're this this works where we we have them believing that they're going to be taken care of and we're going to cure them of the tre- their sickness. sickness. But what we're doing is we're treating them, and we're still making money off of it because President Nixon was wondering how we're going to make money off of this. How is this beneficial to us? So when right. Told them, yeah, so there was like a magnetic tape being played, like recordings that they have for all presidents, I believe. That they, I don't know how who does it, and, but they had a tape recording him, through that session between that him and that guy that was speaking, and he goes to sure, show, you know at the end of the day it was all about you know the
1: the 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 rate of
3: uh, financial return they were more or like, less uh,
2: wondering how is it beneficial to us as a group of men who run this country okay. it's not how is how we're
3: gonna cure the sickness
2: or how are we gonna treat the sickness to benefit, to
3: make a healthier society. So I was just telling the brothers and, you know, the sisters that it's just more or less a financial gain. And 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 um, there's a paper trail to all of these bills that are being passed. As I was saying, even in the movie, they show you how um, when, I guess you want to call them the second Bush that was in office,
2: you know, he was on.
3: They showed him on a podium signing off a bill, a new
2: health bill at the time.
1: And this and was every a, person,
2: This is like a movie,
1: pickle. Yeah. Wow.
3: So as as every every person was clapping and it was approaching the podium, they were showing you all the people who the concisement of when the signing of the bill was taking place. Okay. Yeah. There was an arrow you know, like bouncing on top of the head that he showed in the film
1: of each right. person,
3: and they showed you how much money they were making off of the bill <laughs> as they as this bill was being passed, oh, okay, they were showing you basically oh well, pretty much what you did was were showing you how much the bill how much they were making off the bill, okay, pretty much okay, wow, and that's my whole point of, of these Six. bills that, mm-hmm. that are being passed, you know, that is related to more of a financial wealth gain than trying to help people in society per se. Right.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Man, oh, this no, is a awesome. winner. Awesome. Who's the loser? Yep.
3: It is. I apologize for smacking. Oh, God, I'm sorry,
1: I <laughs> but I was going to
3: say it's 52 minutes. After 9, we'll be we'll be adjourning at 10. Does anybody have any other um, topics that they want to bring or any statements that they want to make? Please just state your name for it on the record.
1: There's, there's another
3: documentary I want to mention again, brother. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: It's called Capitalism,
2: A Love Story. That's
3: that was in one. the. Um, That was in in, Theater One. Oh, you did?
1: Okay, I didn't
3: know that. Yeah, I saw that when I first came (laughs) (laughs) in. Hey, and it was good. I need to watch it again, but it was really, really good.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, wait, has anybody not seen that
1: movie? Which one?
2: Capitalism or Love Story.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw
2: that years ago. Yeah. If anybody hasn't
3: seen it, because I know we got we do have some new people, uh that are with tribes, please watch it. It's a really great movie. <laughs> a really informative
1: movie. But, and, and, yeah. and, and,
3: and we really think about it, knowing oh, that, that but what the Democrats really are about and their true history... We understand now when they make movies like that, it's all based on emotion.
2: Right. Right. So they're
3: only perfect. trying to, to manipulate your mind's way of thinking.
1: To see if their
3: point of view and not really understanding the full view of re- what's really going on. Basically, you want to get both sides. Because you want to uh-huh. get both sides with the understanding of how both sides work. Uh-huh. I don't want to hear what well, Rothschilds are stealing money because they're doing this, doing that, and I'm sick I'm sitting here like, if I was to learn how to do it, or if you were to learn how to do it, you could do the exact same thing. I don't really see why you're upset, but then again, you're upset because you're emotional, and you're emotional because exactly. you really don't understand how they're doing it. Well, it's just like uh-huh. he was attacking the Koch brothers, you know what I'm saying? Then he got, mm-hmm. um, they got videos about the Coke brothers they're attacking them, but then when you follow. The money trail like you' were saying you follow the paper trail a lot of that stuff they' claiming that happened is it is it, not even on
1: record man that's interesting I,
3: wa- I i wanted to mention i just pulled up they they got parts of that part that actual part that i was telling you about the h m o when
1: uh which is the health
3: management organization
1: mhm that
3: that was introduced you know to america by um Nixon, they have a short clip of it. If I, I, I wanted to play it. I don't know if you guys could hear it. Mm. That section alone is like a three-minute clip, three minutes and 30 seconds of when he was talking in the White House and they, they actually taped it, that he was being taped when they were talking about it, when they had the uh, a little meeting between him and some other guy. I don't even know who the guy is. We can play it, but We still got five minutes. Okay. All right. Let me try it. Tell me if you hear it or not. You can tell me if it's clear
1: Dr. Linda Pino, a former medical reviewer, ask you Mana.
0: My name is Linda Pino. I am here primarily today to make a public confession. Can you hear clearly? Uh, in the spring
5: mm-hmm.
0: of 1987, as a physician, I not a man a necessary operation that would have saved his life and thus cost his death. No person and no group has held me accountable for this because, in fact, what I did was I saved a company a half a million dollars for this. And, furthermore, this particular act secured my reputation as a good medical director, and it ensured my continued advancement in the healthcare field. Uh, I went from making a few hundred dollars a week as a medical reviewer to an escalating six-figure income as a physician executive. In all my work, I had one primary duty, and that was to use my medical expertise for the financial benefit of the organization in which I worked. And I was told repeatedly that I was not denying care, I was simply denying payment. I know how managed care maims and kills patients. So I'm here to tell you about the dirty work of managed care. And I'm haunted by the thousands of pieces of paper in which I have written that deadly word denied.
3: Thank you. How did we get to the point that doctors at health insurance companies
1: actually being responsible for the deaths of the patients? Who invented this system? How did this all begin? Where did the HMO start?
3: Thanks to the wonders of magnetic tape,
1: we know. <laughs> <laughs> we can now narrow it down the surface problems of the stuff. But one issue, uh, and that is whether we can include the surface like paper cuts or well uh, let me ask you could uh, get you know, about your this, this, this is a, a enterprise and, and the reason that he could, the reason he could do it, I had a good guy to come in and talk to me about this and I wanted to do it with something all
2: the incentives are for less medical care. You guys
3: heard that? Yes, sir. Man. <laughs> the things you don't know. <laughs> this is him have this is a live meeting, with Nixon. Hold on a second. I'm gonna continue it. The name of the documentary is called Sicko? Yes. Yeah. Okay, Nixon said, Not
1: bad. I am proposing today a new week. national health strategy. The purpose of this program is simply this I want America to have the finest health care in the world.
3: <laughs> and I want every American to be able to have that care when he needs
1: it. The plan hatched between Nixon oh, man, funny. and Edgar Kaiser worked. In the ensuing years, Patients were given less and less care. Yeah, that's it.
2: That's that's what they're doing in the nursing home. Cause
1: I
3: work at a nursing home, and I'm a dietitian. I mean, a dietarian. Hey, and I see this man. You know, it was like November of last year, they had five to six patients die like two weeks in a row, man. They had them down like left to right, and I've been telling people when I first came there. I say their job is not to care for them. Their whole idea is to kill them out because they have insurance policies. Once these insurance policies stop no longer paying out, once they're no longer paying the higher dividend yield, they have to exonerate them. They have to take them out because now they become a the liability. So right. now guess what, guess what they feed them every night? What? south north.
1: What? What?
3: Every night, they feed them sweet style pork.
1: Sweet
2: sweet and sour pork?
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so you get sugar <laughs>
1: and you all that. You
3: know what sweet pork avocado. is? Oh. That is the waste. That is the waste of the hog itself. Mm. And they feed this to people, some are a little over 100 years old. We got one in there. It's an elder. She's like 113 years old.
1: And they wow. feed
3: this to them because the longer they live, the less money they're going to make because their insurance policy going to start collapsing. Mm. In November, huh. they, they, five of them, within one week, faded out. They were knocking about boom, 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 boom. Man, oh man. Well, born on the record, don't mean to cut it short. But I have to because it is a minute after ten, and I'm wanted to try to keep it as a uh, at a minimum. Um, mm-hmm. We can adjourn. We can actually continue this conversation next week. Hopefully, Aquazine, man, uh, we can hear more from you, bro. Because we had a good yeah, conversation. Yeah, I, I, I tell you what, man, I'm I so happy I had this this Thursday off. But pretty soon, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be pretty much done with that, and I'm gonna be completely more devoted the nation, because um, once I get this thing done, I ain't got to worry about the plantation no more, man. I'm going to be running to do my own thing, man. So I'm so glad you. I'm here
1: tonight,
3: though. I
1: really Yeah, really I'm glad like... you came, brother. Yeah, yeah. I'm brother. Need to be here. No problem. Hello, Shalom, brother. Uh, can I intervene real quick with Brother yes.
2: Says?
3: yes, sir. So, brother, uh, you, you're into uh, how would the, in the health field right now, you said, right? I work at a nurse at home, so you're when you when you said you're gonna go independent, you got something in mind that you already have working on oh yeah, I already licensed. I got a civics organization that's gonna be open up here in Sumter, and I already got my board members already
1: oh man i got, a, I, got I don't know if, <laughs> I've been pushing in a uh an incentive
3: to uh uh in a direction. Mm-hmm. I may I may would love to talk to you uh you know, off the record. No problem. So, no problem. Uh, um, are you, are you um are you on Facebook?
2: Uh yes, you can get okay. me there. Okay.
3: Well if you connect with some of the brothers that's with me, um just let them um, yeah, give me my Facebook link and we can connect from there. And I can get some information from like your your email and I can see some more information about Purgoo. So you, or if you, you have to want to know like from insurance law and stuff like that, um, I can see information on that stuff too. Right. Um. You said you want to give me
1: your your Facebook account right now.
2: Well, just ask about. They can
3: see the link. They give you the oh, link. Okay. Yeah, and we can connect from that point. All right. No problem. Mhm. All right. A lot of people, when they see, like a lot of people when they be on the phone, they're not able to see me because, for one thing, my name is in Hebrew, so it, it comes up in boxes. But I know, but I I know what it is. I could uh, look for him because uh, Gavin is a, a Facebook friend of mine, so I can send him the link. Okay. Um, to I can send you the link, brother. Uh,
2: okay. Thank
3: uh, you. All right. up, bro. No problem. We are, uh, for those who came online who don't know, we are in our eighth week. We will be on break these next uh, three weeks. So if you um, have a chance, come out, can't study, please study. Uh, we'll be um, uh, coming back after those few weeks. Please make sure you check the university for updates on when we come back. And until then, see you guys next Thursday. We'll see you
2: when we get in class. Shalom, shalom, and much love. Shalom. Shalom. shalom man.